Cult Collectibles is the number one site for historical items from the People's Temple, Heaven's Gate, Om Shinrikyo, and many other cults that you never even knew existed. Hundreds of hours of work have gone into curating our collection of unique and one-of-a-kind items from the dark history of these groups. We also have a large selection of true crime memorabilia from such notorious cases as Edmund Kemper, Jeffrey Dahmer, Charles Manson, and many more. We add new items to the site every week and post sales and auctions on our Instagram at Cult Collectibles. So visit us on the web at cultcollectibles.org today. What's going on? I'm Lucky Saruti, director of Kindness of Strangers, Freak, and Uncle Slezo's Toxic and Terrifying TV Hour. And you're listening to Sick on Cinema, baby. To sick on cinema. I'm one half of your Mugwump fan club members, John. I'm your other half, Matt. And we are live. Not really, but well, no. We are here. We are here and we're recording. Finally. Yes. We're a little behind again. We always are. Well, last last episode, you had to have your teeth pulled out. Yeah. And this this episode, we had a water heater flood. <laughs> Fuck. It, like, it, it flooded before. But we thought we got it fixed, and then it was just continuing just to spew shit all on my damn floor. So, yeah. We're, <clears throat> we're behind again. Yep, as always. <laughs> Misfortunes keep uh, spreading, so, you know. That's just how the show rolls. We're constantly the fucking curse podcast. Like Danny DeMonto, we roll with the punches. Roll, roll with the punches. What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> What's up, fuckers? <laughs> we, we, we saw them live. We did. It was really fun. It was really fun. You know what else is really cool? What's up? That uh, tomorrow we get to go see Goblin. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking sick. <laughs> we get to see Claudio Simonetti live. Claudio Simonetti. Can't wait for that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. We got listener questions to get through, and a lot of them. Yeah, we got, would you say 13? Yeah, yeah, 13, I think. 13 or 14, something like that. Did you check the email, too? I did check the email, okay. yeah, yeah. But before we do, I want to talk about something that we got to watch. Okay. Um, sent to us by a lovely listener. Um, help me with the Joseph name. Murphy. Joseph Murphy. Yes. Yeah, I was making sure I said that right. I thought that's what it was, but I didn't want to mess it up. Yeah. Directed by Tim O'Connors. Yeah. And it's called We Wanted Children. Yes. Uh, a short film. Award-winning short film. Award-winning short film. We got the honor of being sent, to be honest with you. Yeah, early access to it. It's not yeah. out to be watched just yet, but when it does, seek it out. Or if you see it on any lineups for any festivals coming up in your area, go watch uh, it. Yeah, go watch it because it's fucking fantastic. It's really good. You got like a middle-aged, older married couple who uh, get into a little bit of a lover's quarrel 
Yeah. That leads into some strange behavior and a twist ending that's really fucking good. And... I, I say we leave leave the oh, details yeah, 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 of that. Yeah. We're not going to get into it. Especially not, not, not yet. Because, you know. We've been sent all kinds of shit recently. Yeah. But, um, something else that we might talk about later on down the road. I don't know. We'll see. Um... But yeah, thank thank you everybody who sent us shit. That's yeah. been super sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that uh, we wanted children is a fucking fantastic short film that mm-hmm. you need to seek out when it's available. <clears throat> we wanted children is the kind of short film that like it just needs to get in the right people's hands. Oh yeah, for these guys to blow up. Well, say it screened at the Knoxville Horror Film Festival. Unfortunately, we were not able to make it. Yeah. <laughs> We wanted to, but we, we did, were not yeah. able to. And it won a couple awards there. Including the uh, Audience Award. Yeah, they won the Audience Award, and I think it was it Best... Best Performance. Best Performance. For the lead actress, who's, who is really good. Really fucking good, yeah. yeah. But like I said, this is the kind of short film that if it gets in the right people's hands, these guys are going to blow up. Oh, yeah. And, and you'll be like, I knew them when. Yeah, yeah I, I knew them. Because <laughs> the production is so good. I knew when they're just a fucking baby. <laughs> the production is excellent. The music is great. Oh, my God, yeah. The lighting is beautiful. The acting is fantastic. Everything about it is great. Like, this is not just us trying to suck, uh, suck someone's dick here or anything Absolutely like that. Not. But, like, there's definitely moments where I was like, oh yeah, this is indie. Yeah. And, it looked like uh, an A24 film in a way. Yeah. Like which that high quality. Which I'm sure some people out there might be like, meh, A24, but... A24, y'all make goodies. Kiss my ass. Not really. I mean, you can like what you like. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, I'll, I'll go from watching an A24 movie to watching some fucking uh, SOV schlock. That's true. So, yeah. Thank you so much for sending us the short film. Yeah. We are honored to watch it, and uh, it's fucking excellent. Yeah, and uh, again, we'll probably get to the other things we were sent at oh, some yeah, point. Oh yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. You know, but when the time is right. When the time is right, we'll definitely talk about it. But yeah, but let's get into these listener questions. Yes, because there's a lot of them. <laughs> we're gonna start with our emails because we don't usually get a lot in our emails, but we got a few this week mm. actually. First up is the man who wrote the Bible of underground horror. The man with a plan. Chris Severed. Yes. <laughs> <from> Severed Cinema. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you don't go to SeveredCinema.com, what are you doing? Yeah. If you want to know about just about any fucking extreme horror movie that's ever been made, uh, they got you covered pretty much. Especially on the up and coming shit, which uh, Chris and company have been very good about covering. Mm hmm. Exposed us to a lot of shit we didn't know about. Which I don't 100% know if it's still available, but there may be some copies of Gainesville Ripper left as well. Uh, I'd have to check, but... Um, Which if they are, you need to go to Dead Vision Productions and grab that. Yes. Chris says, hey gents, so underground horror is rampant with bodily fluids, fetishes, piss, vomit, shit in particular. Mm-hmm. How do you folks feel about these types of items in pure... What's this word, Matt? I can barely read it, dog. Highlighted it for you. Uh, hang on, let me get over here Come so on, I can read it. Get over here, baby. Hmm. The Tennessee education system's hard at work here, guys. <laughs> in your entertainment, how about that? Because we're not yeah, smart. Yeah. In your in, in your entertainment, because I'm illiterate. <laughs> how do you feel about it in your entertainment? Uh, I mean, it depends, really. Um. I definitely know that behind the scenes, me and Herschel send each other some gross shit on, on from time to time. Shock and shock, for those who don't know. Yes. Herschel Gillis. The man behind Banana Box releasing. He's he's our buddy. Yeah. I gotta be honest. I'm gonna be open and honest with our listeners. Oh boy. And this is not me shitting on anybody. Yeah. At all. 
I'm kind of done with it. <laughs> I'm a little burned out on the fetish horror stuff, to be honest yeah. with you. It, it's kind of getting old to me. You know, I get the appeal to it, and I get why people really like it and why it's become such a thing. But uh, I don't know. And honestly, like, for me, but something we watched recently, I will say, again, not getting into it, uh, I think this shit's peaked for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I've hit the wall as far as I want to go. <laughs> and I'm not even sure if I want to be there, per se. Because <laughs> it was a bit much for me. It was a little much? A little much. A little, um, little too far? When you start seeing some of the things that you, you see in this, it's yeah. uh, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I think I'm done. I get that. I don't know. It's like, like, when, when it comes to like bodily fluids, it's like, I don't know. I like seeing people like piss on each other or puke on each other. It's like, yeah, it's gross. But when it comes to like the fetish stuff, I feel like we've hit a point where it's like, there's not much else you can do to somebody mm-hmm. or do to yourself in particular. I think I've I've let it be known in past episodes that like I'm kind of like over this kind of stuff. Or not, over sounds way too harsh. I'm just a little burned out of it because mm-hmm. like I'm finding that like the the extreme cinema that I am leaning more towards to now is more emotional. Yeah, and more like uh, you know something like a movie we're covering today. Yeah, you know, or we recently watched Doctor Lamb. Yeah, you know something like that. <clears throat> so, you know, visceral, violent movies that are really mean spirited, but also pack an emotional punch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I feel like that's the uh, the horror that hits me the hardest is when it is very emotionally driven. Mm-hmm. It's like, for example, uh, Hereditary. Yeah. That movie, that was one of the movies I saw in theaters that about broke me mm-hmm. because it's fucked up. And uh, the betrayal of grief in that movie is too real. For me well, it's to like, I think what it is for me, it's like, I'm not really looking to be shocked anymore. Not necessarily. Like, like I feel like it, being shocked is easy, right? Yeah. To, like, a, to deeply disturb and emotionally distress somebody is much more difficult. Yeah. You know, so... That's where I, that's what I'm looking for nowadays. Yeah, I've definitely like when it comes to, like shocking material, I know where I can go for that type of shit, mm-hmm. and what I can like what movies or you know whatever I can watch for that. But when it comes to just you know that gut punch you get from certain movies, like for example, like August Underground, but fuck you, Spooky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, how long are we in this? Eight minutes. We've already called Spooky out. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, buddy. Um, but the basement scene. Oh yeah, yeah there yeah, is yeah. Uh, that. That's such a gut punch feeling. Like when you first see her. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Or even like you know, to a uh, you know a newer movie that we watched, Deviant by Brandon Terry. Yeah. When they're just sitting there talking while there's cries of a woman. <laughs> yeah. In the background, that's fucking devastating. Also, like the ending of like Solo. Yeah. As well, you know, it's very it's devastating shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Chris also asks, if a chick of your dreams was all yours, <laughs> but you had to pick one the, one of her fetishes to piss, shit, or vomit on you, which would you pick and why? Regards, oh, Chris Severed. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> um, I think piss is the least gross. Yeah. So I've got to go pee, even though I don't really want to be pissed on. No. Or to pee on someone that's not my cup of tea. I mean, if it's yours, hey, you do you. Yeah. But at least it ain't puke or shit. <laughs> yeah. Piss smells bad, but it don't smell as bad as puke or shit. <laughs> no, shit and puke are like, I have a fucking like horrible reaction to puke of all things. Like, I can't fucking stand it. So, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Piss. Piss is the that's the answer. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for the question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, again, go check out Severed Cinema. Yeah. It fucking rules. Absolutely. I decided to cut myself off there before I kept rambling about piss shit and uh, it's fucking mint. Fucking mint. <laughs> Next up, we have a question from Ratman. Ratman. I'm Ratman. <laughs> it's Ratman. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hello, gentlemen. I wanted to start out by saying I am also from the South. Man, it sure fucking sucks, doesn't it? Holy fuck, yeah, it does. <laughs> Living the devil's asshole. That's true. God's asshole, actually. More like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bible Bell. Uh, anyways, what are your favorite horror films that feature a backwoods rule setting? Hmm. Backwoods horror. I'll tell you one I really like is uh, Just Before Dawn. Just Before Dawn? Yeah. That's a really cool backwoods slasher that has like a really eerie atmosphere. I don't really know if this would be considered backwoods. I don't, I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong here. It's definitely not a southern backwoods. It's definitely probably north, more northern, but I spit on your grave. No, that takes place in the south. Is that in the south? Okay. Pretty sure. I mean, I could be wrong about that, but I thought that was, because I thought it was like, she's from the north, but she's coming down. To the south, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Yeah, I Spend on Your Grave is a very good one. Uh, it's a more controversial pick, probably. Even but... something like Last House on the Left, even though that takes place in like the backwoods of like upstate New York. Yeah. That's still pretty good backwoods horror as well. Yeah. Um... Again, definitely a more controversial one to bring up here, but Five for Your Life. Five for Your Life. Uh, that one is, uh, well, it's not really, it's, it's, it's horrifying. Yeah, I think it's horror enough. Yeah. I'll tell you one that's, again, it's like horror adjacent. It's more exploitation. Mm-hmm. Rituals with Hal Holbrook. Mm. That movie is like Deliverance, but it's actually, it's it's like a Deliverance ripoff, but I swear it's better than Deliverance. Oh, fuck. I think it is anyways. It's such a good movie. Like, it rules. <laughs> I think I've seen it. It's like a group of doctors going on like a camping trip. Yeah. And then there's like the locals picking them off one by one. Oh, shit. It's really good. <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, I'm going to uh, take us to the, the bayou for a second so John can spit piss and vinegar at me, but I like Hatchet. I do not like Hatchet. I know you don't. <laughs> but oh, I'll, I'll give you another one that takes place in the bayou that's not it's horror adjacent. Okay. Uh, Southern Comfort. Southern Comfort. Yeah, it's like a um, reserves unit practicing in the bayou, and then the locals are basically waging war on yeah. them. <laughs> it's really good. And it oh. has a soundtrack by Rock Hooter. How can we talk about like backwoods Southern horror without bringing up a director who's done... Uh, one in the Texas heat while also doing one in the in the, I think I think Florida, but even though it's on a set, but uh, Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw, of course, and fucking eating alive, eating alive, eating alive in particular is uh, fucking insane. If it you haven't seen it, insane. go watch it. <laughs> it is crazy, and of course you got a numbers of camp summer camp slashers like oh, the yeah. Burning and the Madman. Your Friday the Thirteenth, Friday the Thirteenth, that are great. Oh um, yeah, man, those are few. <laughs> Oh, Auntie Lee's Meat Pies, too. That one's weird. Does it take place in the woods? It's not necessarily in the woods, but it's definitely not in a big city. That's for sure. That's for true. Well, I feel like we're missing like something big. I feel like we are, too, but I don't know what it is. Hmm. My brain don't work. Man, that's a few of them. I'd check those out for sure. Yeah, of course. Um, 
also, what did you two do for Halloween? We watched movies. We watched movies, and I was recovering from wisdom tooth surgery. <laughs> yeah, you were. And, that uh, was that, a bit of a bummer. That sucked. I couldn't even have Halloween candy, man. <laughs> you being miserable made us be miserable, because you kept complaining about how you couldn't have pizza. Look, man, <laughs> I craved pizza for fucking weeks afterwards, and when I got like completely healed, I ate as much pizza as I wanted. <laughs> now I don't know if I ever want to eat a piece of it again. Because like, I was actually off on Halloween. You were, yeah. So we got together and watched movies on Halloween as well. Yeah, it was really which, fun. Which, uh, a backwoods horror movie we watched on Halloween, uh, The Burnt House by Adam Outbrand, which is yes. a really, really good movie. Very good movie, yeah. Very scary, actually. Where are you, Adam? That is a good question. If anyone has any, like, if you have information on the yeah, whereabouts maybe not, of Adam Albrecht, maybe email us <laughs> yeah. if you know anything about that, because I don't want to just publicly dox the guy or anything like that. <laughs> Adam Albrecht was an independent film. <laughs> <laughs> he just vanished. If you have a question about the, if you have any information about the whereabouts of Adam Albrecht, but yeah, we watched uh, some Vincent Price movies. Mm-hmm. We watched uh, Day of the Dead. Yeah, because we, we usually like the Saturday before Halloween. It's where we watch all of our shit. Yeah, that's when we do our big like pizza, candy, mm-hmm. drinks, fun <laughs> movies. Saturday in particular, I was fucked. Yeah, but we did watch the. Uh, out there mega horror Halloween tape. Yeah. By the guys who did WNUF. Yeah, it's fucking Woff. great. It's so good. It's so good. So good. Those guys are incredible. I like it. Yeah. Check 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 that out. I'm stuttering like a motherfucker. Woo! Woo! Your guys are my favorite podcast and listening to your episodes makes my life more enjoyable. Oh. With much love. Ratman. It's Ratman. Thank you, Ratman. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. You, you asking so those much. questions makes our lives more enjoyable. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next up, we have Steven. 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 What's up, Steven? Steven asks, Hey, you guys. My name is Steven. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. It's just fun. <laughs> I'm Steven. Uh, and just want to thank you for always putting out quality show. I listen, all, <laughs> I listen all the time, but always seem to fail to write like a chump. Hey, like a chump. Hey, like, like a chump. chump. I don't know. What is that? It's Nookie. Oh, God. <laughs> I did it all for the Nookie. You want the Nookie. <laughs> so you could take that cookie and shove it up here. Yeah! <laughs> Fucking Limp Biscuit. Those guys caused a riot at Woodstock. <laughs> Yeah, they're the ones who caused all of that. Of course. If you're to believe what some of those people said. I'm the guy behind Box Creep Films. Mm, yeah. So I love splatter films. And was wondering if you guys ever knocked around the idea of doing an episode on all the cool stuff Necrostorm has put out. <laughs> I always feel like they deserve more eyes on them, as people don't seem to talk about them much. Also, I feel you guys totally missed the opportunity to call yourselves the Butter Bandits. Fuck. Butter Gang just doesn't roll the tongue, you know? I appreciate the show, you guys. Keep it up. We're like the Wet Bandits. We're the Butter Bandits. We steal your butter. <laughs> we butter We're going after bread. you, Spooky McAllister. Spooky McAllister? <laughs> We're going to travel to Canada, uh, Canada to rob your house of butter. He's going to hey. flood his house with butter. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get that like liquid butter. <laughs> I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> Just flood the house. With That's our catchphrase. I can't believe it ain't butter, bitch. <laughs> butter. We'll get a. T- we'll get like a cheesecloth and yeah. a towel and like put it on his face and waterboard him with melted butter. 
That's fucking absurd. <laughs> oh my god. But Necrostorm. Oh, uh, we've definitely talked about doing Oh, we're going to do Necrostorm. <laughs> we're definitely going to do Necrostorm. I actually just recently watched a Necrostorm movie. Yeah, you watched Hotel Inferno, Yeah, right? it was... It's pretty damn fun, man. <laughs> Necrostorm, like... It is weird to me that like a lot of their movies are in English when they're an Italian film group. Yeah. And I think that does create a disconnect between, like... The performances. Right. But they're so over the top that the gore is also so over the top mm-hmm. that it just works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've seen Adam Chaplin. Yeah, Adam Chaplin's fucking insane. But like Smoothie Judy. Soaked in blood. Judy, Hotel Inferno, Tater City. Oh, God, Tater City. Yeah. I would like to do some of the hotel, like, like I'd like to do some of the Necrostorm movies, but then also do the Hotel Inferno trilogy. Yeah, there's because you said there's three of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there. If you all have any recommendations for episodes, yeah, throw them in. away, man. Yeah, we're like, constantly coming up with stuff, but then at the same time we forget it. Yeah, because we're terrible at writing things down. Yeah. So any like help <laughs> to come up with episodes? Is oh always, God, yeah. Uh, welcome. <laughs> yeah, like whether it be a comment on a post or a DM or an email. You know. But things also just kind of come our way. Like, we just recently discovered the Four Devils of Pinku. Yeah. So that's something we're definitely going to look into. Which, like, you randomly sent that to me. I was like, I've never even fucking heard of that shit. I hadn't either. So, yeah. So looking at that was fucking wild. But thank you, Stephen, for the yeah, question. Thank you. And ask us more. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be, hey, like a chump. No, God, don't, don't continue to sing fucking Limp Bizkit, please. If you're going to sing Limp Bizkit, sing a better song. You remember when I was drunk at that wrestling show? And you just kept singing Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome, dude. <laughs> you were supposed to film shit for that, weren't you? No. Oh, it's a different no, no, one. No, that was a different one. Okay. This was the bar show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were, we were like, it was me and the Eric and Jeremy. Yeah. We were like, just one of those days. Because <laughs> we couldn't see nothing because the rest of us were all outside. And I, yeah. I wasn't going outside. I was too drunk. Fuck no. I was way too drunk to go outside. That and you can't see shit anyway out there, so... <laughs> So we were just singing break stuff. <laughs> it was fun. It was really fun. And you were sweating buckets. Dude, man. <laughs> I had two IPAs and mm-hmm. then a couple more. Regulars, a couple more, yeah. And it was too much. I, I got tossed. I tried to drink a little bit and I just don't like the taste of alcohol that much. Well, I didn't, I didn't mean to drink as much as I did, but then my friend was like, I don't want to finish this past Blue Ribbon. You want it? So then I <laughs> down to Paps on top of everything else I was drinking. You were fucking trash for a minute. <laughs> man, it was bad. I was hugging everybody. Yeah. <laughs> just covered in sweat hugging everybody. I don't, I don't drink hardly at all anymore. No, it's very rarely. Just either. like when we're like when we go to the bar wrestling shows or I'll have a few every once in a while. Uh, most of the time it's usually during when we do like a pay per view together. Yeah, just because like, you know, I used to drink a lot more but now I don't. Yeah. So yeah. Damn. <laughs> I still smoke nicotine to the neck like a vein though. <laughs> Take this fucking nicotine to the neck. Why? Speaking speaking of fuck thorny and shit. Fuck thorny and shit. Uh, speaking of fucking uh, Channel Five, Co Collectibles fucking bad. That yeah, it did. It was awesome. That's really That's cool. awesome. I'm jealous. Yeah, I am too. Andrew, Andrew, and of course, Co Collectibles are the best. Yeah, forever. Forever. Next up, we have Spooky Celluloid. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Spooky McAllister. Spooky McAllister, we're coming to get you. You're going to Photoshop that now, right? You Spooky know that? McAllister. You're going to take the Home Alone poster and like yeah. put Spooky's head over uh, Macaulay Culkin and the us as the wet bandits. <laughs> Look. The, I mean, butt, the butter bandits. If I'm going to do that, then you're going to have to send me a photo of yourself that's not you with your fucking chin tucked in and all that. <laughs> that's even better, ain't it? <laughs> it's going to be hard to use that. <laughs> Home Marge Alone. Oh, Lord. That's Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that home theater popcorn. 
<laughs> Spooky asks, with Bill Olsen's passing, which, rest in peace, Bill Olsen of Code Red DVD, yeah. Banana Man, made banana forever. <laughs> may he peel forever. May he peel forever. <laughs> now, can I ask a question before we continue? Yeah. Why did he wear a banana suit? Man, I wish I could tell you. I really don't know. I didn't even see a picture of the banana suit until recently. I'm like, oh, it's not like... An actual suit that's like got bananas on it. No, it's a banana costume. It's a literal banana costume. <laughs> he looks like the peanut butter and jelly Tom fucking video. <laughs> what was your favorite and absolute worst Code Red release? <laughs> also, read any good books this year? I read one book this year because I'm a piece of fucking garbage. Spooky, don't you know where we're from? Uh, we're from Tennessee. We don't read. <laughs> I read a little bit. We don't read. I did read some of the Bleeding Skull, 1990s guide to SOV or oh well trash horror. I usually don't think about that, but I usually I read a lot of cinema, so we're... I, I didn't finish it, of course, because I'm an idiot. But so I mean, they're in here, and I read a little bit of the Moxley book as well to get to wrestling. Yeah, and cried a little bit because it's really sad. Yeah, just the Danny Havoc stuff because I love Danny Havoc. I read uh, again a lot of the Bleeding Skull, uh, Bleeding Skull stuff as well as um, Cinema Sewer. But when it comes to like books away from that, I've read Butcher Baker. It's not a very good book, actually. But no. <laughs> I just wanted to hear the details of what happened in the story. Mm. So, best and worst Code Red release. Now, Code Red was a company that I didn't really keep up with. Yeah, to be honest with you, either uh, they they released movies I was interested in, but I, they were just never a company I collected. No. Um, but you have more Code Red than I do. I have like one. Yeah. Uh, recently, I watched uh, Black Gestapo. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty decent. I mean, it was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It did have a weird intro with Banana Man, though. I did it. That I sent you. Oh, yeah, you I did. I filmed it and sent you because I was just like, what is this? Why is this on this disc? I didn't know what was going on. I didn't either. <laughs> you had all the context I did. I was watching. I was like, who the fuck is this guy in the banana suit? Because I didn't know it was the actual banana-like costume. That was Bill. <laughs> Bad lad. He was a mad lad. And, and, like, you know, I feel like Bill, and even we have definitely given him flack and Code Red flack over the years. Yeah. But I do think that, like, Code Red is important to the home video market. Yeah. And the boutique label market. I mean, I think we saw that in the outpouring after his passing with, you know, companies that he even feuded with. Yeah. You know, going on, going and saying that, you know, his passing is, you know, very sad and, like... He's a pioneer of this. Yeah, because in a time where you had companies like Anchor Bay, yeah, and, and you know Blue Underground was doing a little bit what Code Red was doing, but you didn't have your Vinegar Syndromes. You know, Severn was in its earliest stages. Yeah, know? so like the only company that was really releasing this like really obscure weird stuff was Code Red, Code Red, and um, Camp Motion Pictures. Yeah, you know, so in a lot of ways Code Red kind of walked so Vinegar could run. Oh, absolutely. And you see that because Vinegar Syndrome has released a lot of Code Red stuff. Yeah. Um, I'd say probably their best release though that I've seen like you know quality wise is probably like Savage Street. The Savage Street one is really good. Um, the quality of the disc I can't say is great mm-hmm. but there was a double feature DVD of Schoolgirls and Chains and Terror Circus. Yeah. With Andrew Prine, and I'm a huge Andrew Prine fan, which, mm-hmm. by the way, R.I.P. Andrew Prine. He oh, passed fuck. his way as well. Jesus Christ. Which is sad, because I love Andrew Prine. Exploitation Expo- legend Andrew Prine. Been a lot of passings this year. Yeah. But um, Terror Circus is a great movie, and Schoolgirls and Chains is really fun. I, I, I'm pretty sure I watched Terror Circus with mm-hmm. you. I don't remember. 
It's been a minute. I believe Schoolgirls and Chains is directed by the same guy who did The Forest. Oh, yeah. Which I might nominate as the worst oh, <laughs> Code boy. Red release, just because the movie's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, which I now do own the Blu-ray, Uh-oh. from Vinegar Syndrome, which I don't know why. <laughs> I think I'm just a hoarder collector mutant <laughs> a mutant damn uh don't go in the woods alone that movie is fucking horrible yeah but for some reason you bought it i did after you've seen it and you're like yeah this is terrible yes I, yeah i can't say anything the soundtrack is horrible the killer looks like he has anal beads on his face fuck and the first time i ever watched it, i was watching it with my brother-in-law and my sister and it was horrible and she fell asleep and at one point, she just popped up, just jumped up and goes, they really should put new curtains in that bathroom. And <laughs> went back to sleep. There was no bathroom. It takes place completely in the woods. <laughs> was I here for that? Was I there for that? No, this was a long, okay. long time ago. Like, I was probably like 18, 19, something okay. like that. Maybe. Now I'm 33. 33 years old. How do you feel? Old. Tired. I work with children. <laughs> I work with fucking children. <laughs> the best part of Don't Go in the Woods Alone is the guy that's uh, in the wheelchair that's wheeling himself up <laughs> the, the mountain the whole movie just to get killed and like roll back down. <laughs> like I was like, you bought it and you know it's trash. But then I think about it, I'm like, look at what I've surrounded myself in. Yeah. Like, it's like, of course, I've got some like classy shit here and there, but I've got fucking Freddy Got Fingered. To be fair, I also got it on sale though. I got it. Cheap. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> I have Freddy Got Fucking Fingered. Yeah, you do. It's not in here right now, but. Daddy, would you like some, some sausage? Daddy, would you like some sausage? Yeah, we we're supposed to watch. We're supposed to watch it together. I might watch it by myself. Yeah, I think not it's to, the best. Not put that. Put you through that. Not again. <laughs> You've watched it before, yeah. <laughs> you made me watch nothing but trouble. That's I, bad movie's, that movie's fun. It's okay. <laughs> it's fun. Damn it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun fucking movie. Okay. But, uh, Thank you, Spooky. Of course. For the question, as always. And rest in peace, Bill Olsen. You will be missed. Yes. We're going to miss you, you crazy son of a bitch. You crazy son of a bitch. Next up is Shock and Schlock. Is it your boy? Herschel Gillis. Which Banana Box releasings? Go check it out. Yes. They put out Born to Lose Volume 1 and Volume 2. Matt's yes. Mistake. You can uh, order those. Or not. Or or you can, uh, you get know. something else. You can get something else. And if you don't order, you know, those mixtapes or something Herschel has, hey, fuck you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Herschel asks, if you were to recommend a single SOV horror film, which film (laughs) would you (laughs) recommend? (laughs) One SOV horror film. I got to think long and hard about this. I'm going to just go out on a limb and suggest the first one that came to mind as soon as the word SOV came to my brain. Splatter fucking farm. Oof. <laughs> now, uh-huh. I love Splatter Farm. You know this. Yes. Might be my favorite SOV horror film. Yeah. I- I'm a huge Polonia Brother guy. I love it. Yeah. I don't know if I could be... That could be the first movie of the genre I recommend. Dog, there is no other way of jumping into the genre. <laughs> Feet first. I was trying to think of a movie that's actually good that just happens to be shot on SOV that maybe you could be like, hey, you know, this genre actually like wields some pretty good shit. Well, if you want to go with that. And then you kind of like move them into like the real shitty fun stuff. I mean, if you want to go that way. That's too late. You've picked Splatter Farm. That's your choice. Okay. 
You're going to show some poor and unexpecting soul splatter farm, which I used to do a lot back in the day. Uh, you did it to me. I did it to a lot of people. And, uh, I was like, when, watch, this is good. And I watched, <laughs> I watched that as a child and was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and didn't understand anything that was going on in the movie really at all. I was like, this movie's fucking, this is a weirdo world. I have two in my head. Which I know I can only pick one. Okay. But I'll say both of them out loud and then I'll pick one. Yeah. Video violence. Yeah, it's actually really good. And Shattered Ed. Shattered Ed is probably actually better than video violence. Yeah. But Shattered Ed is also just fucking really good. It just so happens that it is on SOB. Yeah, I probably would go Shattered Ed. Yeah, it's fucking great. Just because it's a fucking excellent movie, which Mr. Parker uh, introduced me to, and I'm very happy he did. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. I already talked about it. I was like, that sounds fucking cool. <laughs> But and the cover, I, I remember seeing the cover. Yeah, with her like shooting through the the door frame, and just thinking that was just really cool looking. And then when Mr. Parker was like, "Oh no, this movie's really good." Yeah, and I was like, "Ooh, I want that." <laughs> yeah, what always comes to my head when it comes to SOV though is the Polonias, man. Yeah, the Polonias are great. Hell Spawn. Oh my God, Hell Spawn, which yeah. you discovered something recently uh, about Hell Spawn. Okay, uh, Hell Spawn used to be on YouTube. And uh, it no longer is. And I found the link where you know the link to where you could watch it at originally, and it was took down due to copyright notice by Wild Eye Releasing. Yeah, which if you know anything about Wild Eye, uh, they have a sub label called Visual Vengeance. Yes, which is a company that uh, releases SOV and low budget horror. Yeah. And, uh, they're already doing one Polonia Brothers movie. Yeah, Saurians. Something like that. It's, it's the dinosaur movie. Yeah. Which I can't wait for that. I can't wait either. Yeah, Everything so. they've put out so far besides Suburban Sasquatch. Did not like Suburban Sasquatch. Fuck no. <laughs> and I haven't seen the Chupacabra stuff yet. But. No. But Bloody Body... Hmm. Bloody Bastard. Bloody uh, Bastard. <laughs> the uh, Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder from Hell. Fucking great. Sl- uh, splatter, sl- slaughter Day. Slaughter Day's fucking... Was really, shit. really fun. Um... What else did we watch? I feel like we watched another uh, one. We, we did. Uh, Necrophiles. Necrophiles is great. It's insane. And then Sperm Sasquatch, I did not care for. <laughs> no, fuck Sperm Sasquatch. Movie's <laughs> fucking dog shit. It's really bad. Not in a fun way either. No. Uh, but Herschel also asks, oh. um, how much money would it take for an OnlyFans collaboration between you boys, Spooky Sailor, and myself? Dog, look. I want to make money. You think we can make money? Look, if people would buy pictures of my feet, <laughs> this would already be done. <laughs> I'd have already done it. I want to start only guts. Only guts. <laughs> it's just your gut out. You just like gut dropping things. <laughs> like today we have uh, Salisbury steak <laughs> with gravy <laughs> inside of uh, sweet corn. Ugh, just drop your gut <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that probably exists. I guarantee it does. Um, at this point, you know, when it comes to all these sales that are happening right now, and you yeah, know, coming up, and coming up, and the fact that my bank account's not as strong as I want it to be for these sales, I'd fucking do it right now. I remember hearing a guy, I think it was Kevin Smith's friend, yeah, Malcolm, who directed that movie. Um, was it Hunting Hunting Bigfoot or something like that? I don't know. It's got Jason Lee in it. Chasing flies, maybe. I have no fucking idea. Anyways, uh, he he's a bear, right? And he was talking about the bear community and like, yeah, he's like, you know, he's like, it's awesome. They be they be sucking my dick, and you know, right before I come, I drop my gun on their heads. <laughs> I was like, that is the funniest damn thing Dude. I could ever imagine. Just like, <laughs> look, if that was me, I'd give someone a concussion. <laughs> 
Yeah, just fucking in their brain cells. But also, Herschel Gillis says, who let this degenerate in here? And Banana Box releases says, get a load of this guy. Hmm. Herschel's over like the three faces of Foley. <laughs> three faces of Foley about to make a triple a triple <laughs> appearance in the Royal Rumble match. The three faces of Gillis. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I was in Spooky's uh, live stream, which, of course, check that out when he does his live streams. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I was told by uh, Herschel and uh, Spooky that we do a, maybe too many wrestling references. And for that, I say, fuck you, son. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wrestling references. They say we do a lot of wrestling references that they don't understand. Well, listen here, son. Yeah. I'm going to walk over there. What? What? I'm going to stop a mud hole in your ass. What? And walk it dry. What? <laughs> what about open a can of whoop ass? <laughs> we can't help it. There's only th- We only like three things. <laughs> Movies, wrestling, and music. What do you want from that, us? That's my life force. <laughs> and you're trying to take that away from me? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you, too? How dare you? <laughs> Uh, Mikey Brush Aber is mm. next. What's up? You know, I always call him Mikey Brush Aber. I think I've said this. Yeah, but Mike, it's just it's just Mike. Mike Brush Aber. But for some reason, you say Mikey. I can't help it. I don't know why. It's just hot wired in my brain. It's probably because like Mike Brush Aber in the username is put together. Mm-hmm. So you're probably seeing the E. I'm like Mike E. e. Yeah, Mike <laughs> E Brush Aber. It's just because I'm an idiot. My, Mikey Brush Aber is a uh, is a, uh, it's kind of fun. It is a fun name. I like it. Yeah, Mike Bro- Mike Brushaber, and uh, Mikey is a nickname. There you go. Any good disturbing mobster movies? You know more about this than I do, except for I will bring up one that everybody fucking knows, but I am a absolute piece of fucking garbage when it comes to watching movies, and finally watched Scarface. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that movie's gnarly, man. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fucked up. I'm sure there is disturbing mobster movies, but nothing's really popping in my head. The only thing that's popping in my head right now is uh, Massacre Mafia style. Yeah. Though I wouldn't necessarily say that movie's disturbing. It's disturbing in the sense of how racist it is. <laughs> it's so racist. You <laughs> um, said Gone with the Pope's even worse. It is, yeah. God. Um I like Massacre Mafia style, not because it's racist. <laughs> just, I just like it. <laughs> uh, but it it's does... a fun movie, but not in the racial sense. <laughs> no, it, that makes it a bit awkward and hard to watch at times. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I do like about it, um, and there is a, it is it's kind of disturbing, is there's a scene where they go into this like, this like, um, uh, office and just like, oh, kill just everybody. Away, yeah. That that scene is kind of fucked up. Yeah, they're just mowing down everybody. The kid in the elevator. Yeah, they, they give him like the last rots mm-hmm. and then shoot him. It's, it's fucked up. It, it is fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah, so I would check out Massacre Mafia style. I think it's good. Yeah, it's also like it's the backstory behind those those movies are kind of just crazy in their own right. Because uh, what's it, what's the guy who made them? What's oh, his name? Duke Mitchell. Duke Mitchell was kind of a mad lad. He was definitely a mad lad. He's basically like this Godfather's movies. They fucking suck. I could do better. Yeah, and he may or may not have used my money to fund these movies and make them. And he like hung out with Sinatra and shit too. Yeah, which is weird, man. And God yeah. the Pope is a fucking wild movie, dude. I mean, a fucking Grindhouse had to put it back together pretty yeah. much because it just wasn't. And it's yeah, it wasn't ready to edit just yet. Hmm. It's wild. I can't think of any other as off the top of my head. Um, if you know any disturbing mobster movies, yeah, come to this. 
question post, which mm-hmm. I didn't do the thing for the week because we had so many I didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. Questions, comments, concerns can be sent to sickoncinema at gmail.com. We'll do or, it at the end. Or wait to the bi- <laughs> wait to the weekend episode for a bi-weekly podcast. Okay, well, he already did it. Um, you can ask in the, question, uh, the comment section below. If you do think of it, come over here and, uh, you know. The only thing I can really think of, that's, it, but it's not fictional. It's the, the Iceman tapes. Iceman tapes, yeah. Yeah, that's not... That's not a terrible shadow because it is mobster. Yeah, and it's fucked up. It is fucked up. There's the Iceman movies, but it is not <laughs> accurate at all. <laughs> trying to make him look like a hero. However, it is kind of a good movie, though. I haven't seen it. It's just beyond inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, he was a fucking monster of a man. Uh, Mike also asks, who wins in a fight? Peter from August Underground or Tony Soprano? It's kind of tough, actually. Because my first instinct is like, Fred Vogel. But then I'm like, mm, but Tony Soprano's a mobster, man. He's also got guns. He's gonna play unfair. Yeah. He's gonna catch like he's gonna catch Peter out, just kind of like standing out, getting the getting the sandwich, and boom, right in the knees, like ah, you know. <laughs> You're going straight to like, oh, he kneecaps him and like does something to him. I was thinking he just fucking caps him in the street. But if it's just hand to hand combat, one on one, mono a mono, who wins? <sighs> I mean, I don't know. That's kind of tough, actually. It is tough. Still gonna go. I'm gonna go with my boy Fred Vogel. <laughs> in the, like, if we're going with like just like in the movies, of course. Yeah. When it comes to like the character of Peter, he's younger. Yeah. He true. M- he may have the advantage there. Yeah. The Gobble Ghoul. The, the Gobble Ghoul. The man of Gobble Ghoul. <laughs> Sopranos. <laughs> I've never watched The Sopranos. Sopranos is a good show. I, I just to, know the characters. I used to really, really love The Sopranos, and then the and then it ended, and that didn't. <laughs> Just unsatisfying. Baffling. <laughs> like, I can't say it's a horrible ending. Yeah. I do think there is part of it that is like, yeah, you know, it's not the worst ending ever. Yeah. But it is just beyond unsatisfying. Dude, it can't be worse than, than the fucking ending to goddamn Sons of Anarchy, man. Well, hey, yeah. Dog. Mother- I, I, no spoilers. No spoilers. True. There's probably people who haven't watched those shows. But they you watch mu- them until the last season and then skip the last episode and you're good. That's for big true. Anyways, Mike Brushaber, thank you. Thank you. As yes. always, your questions are great. Next up is the real raw one. Raw one. This is disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> raw one asks, if you knew the date of your death in advance, would it affect the way you lived your life? Would, oh you, pref- would you prefer not to know at all? Yeah, I would not want to know. <laughs> No. And yeah. Cause the thing is, like, the way, like, I think some people would hear that and be like, you know, if I knew the day I was going to die, I'd live my life the fullest. Mm. But I'm an anxiety ridden piece of shit as it is. <laughs> so, <Me> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm medicated for it. <laughs> Me too. So it's like, if I knew the date of my death, I'd just be like, oh God. Oh, oh my God, God. I'm going to oh, die. Oh God. Oh God. It's happening early. I can feel it. I, I do that anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I do that anyway. Like, it's like, man, this headache's been lasting a long time. What the? You pull a knife on me? I got a knife on you. <laughs> Fuck with me. Got a dick in your hands. Got a dick in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, it's uh, like, it's like, oh, man, this headache's been going on way longer than it probably should. <laughs> I got through, cancer. You pull it up. Oh, my God. I'm riddled with cancer. <laughs> <laughs> it's the term riddled. <laughs> it's the term riddled, yeah. And it's just like, it's like, no, no, you're not. It's just a headache, dog. Unless it is. I don't know. That's my anxiety, though. That's why I'm medicated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would not want to know. Fog, no. No, I'd rather... Just let me die. Just let me die. Let me die. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Rowan, for your deep philosophical questions that make me question my existence. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, I, sometimes I wonder, John. 
I do too. Well, when when you die, do you do you feel everything? What happens when you die? I don't know. Maybe do it's just a big quick, and then it's over. I like. It's also it's like the idea of just being like, well, I'm alive, and then everything just shuts off, and it's just over. It's just done. I don't know. It disturbs me deeply. You can dream forever, man. I doubt that's how it works. Anyways, <laughs> next Probably up, some fucking worm food. Anyway, is lunatic butcher horror. <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> he says, "Not a question, but thanks a lot for the magazine, ladies. Can't wait to read this while taking a shit." And uh, there is picture proof that this happened. Yeah, he did take a picture of himself shotting while reading uh, Dead Among Us Volume One. And I, I just want to go ahead and say that ever since this this zine has come out. And uh, again, we still have some to ship out, and we're going to do that as soon as possible. Yes, 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 yes. Um, we have not forgotten. Trust yeah, us. Yeah, no. Just, it's just it's, it's process. Yeah. Matt had his teeth taken out. Yeah. We've been working with fighting this hot water heater. Things that, have gotten in the way. <laughs> that and trying to get more printed has been, you know, yeah, not the easiest a, thing. Been a bit of an issue as well. But anyway, I love that you all have memed the fuck out of this already. <laughs> like whether it be just sc- sending me fucking Among Us fucking images and shit, <laughs> or w- w- reading it while on the shitter. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, Lunatic Butcher Horror, and go check out his band. Yes, Pure Link Granny Gangrene. Can't say that for some reason. Uh. Because it's uh, a lot of, except for the word granny, it is a lot of medical terms. I can say gangrene. Well, gangrene is also just way easier to say than purulent. Purulent. There you go. You got it that time. Purulent. 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 I don't know why you're saying it so slowly, but... Purulent. You're starting to lose it. Purulent. You've lost it. Ah, damn it. A purulent granny gangrene. Matt's favorite thing I say is burglary. God damn it. (laughs) He swears up down I say it wrong. <laughs> Do you folks think I say it wrong? I don't think so. Let us know. I, I just don't fucking like that word. Burglary. I'd rather say robbed. <laughs> oh, God. Next up is the old boil. Ooh. Ooh, that's the username. <laughs> Are gatekeepers and shitty, ignorant critics something <laughs> that bothers you? I don't have any problems with it on a personal level since nearly all media I consume I find by doing my own research anyways. But I think it can be uh, detrimental depending on the context. For example, here in Sweden, we have a very small but passionate horror community who made some cult classics and even all-time classics movies. Let the right one in, Evil Ed, Frostbite, and even a bunch of 80s slashers like Blood Tracks. And the critics nearly always responded with one or two things. Either they are bad because Sweden only has a tradition of theater and not genre movies making, genre movie making, or they are bad because they're just trying, good God, I'm losing my place, trying to ape Hollywood convictions. Uh, conv- hmm. The Tennessee education system's hard at work. <laughs> Shut up. Let me just holler where I'm at so I don't lose my place. <laughs> Hollywood conventions <laughs> in a shallow manner. Like, I am fairly sure those things completely contradict each other. The problem is that we are a small country where it's difficult to raise money for film productions. So there's bullshit reviewers scare away investors and make it hard to make any new horror movies. That maybe could improve or surpass what we have now. Curious to hear your take. It's very interesting to see how horror is uh, interpreted in Sweden. Yeah. That's, uh really interesting um i do think that some critics are way more like toxic for sure for sure than others and when it comes to critics you just have to find the ones that are not that at all 
Yeah. Like, again, shout out to Mr. Parker. Mr. Parker. Chris Severed. Chris Severed. Yep. Um, sorry, I got fucking indigestion all of a sudden. <laughs> the, uh, ex- the, ex- the, <laughs> the, the existential question has made me uh, indigestion. <laughs> indigestion. <laughs> Anyways. God damn it. I think in the day and age of um, social media... Yeah, in particular has created a toxic gatekeeping mentality. Oh yeah, and, and even stuff like forums I use, like Letterbox, which I do love Letterbox a lot. Yeah, I do too. Um, I find myself like going to reviews of movies that I love and making myself angry. Yeah, I do that on occasion, but not nearly as much as you do. I think. Um, like for instance, I rewatched Pieces of Talent, which I think is a fucking an excellent independent horror film. I did rewatch it, but you do. It's really good. And, um, you know, just reading people being like, oh, you know, it's low budget, so it's really shitty. And I'm like, did you even watch the fucking movie? Low budget doesn't equal shitty. Yeah. Or if you really want to get angry, <clears throat> go look at the reviews for Dog Dick. Oh, boy. People being, who people who are like, I haven't watched this movie, but I know it's a piece of shit. That's not how that works. Yeah. You gotta watch it. So it's like, and, and the only reason I bring that up is because, like, you know, not for necessarily in the instance of Dog Dick, but for a movie like Pieces of Talent or maybe, like, you know, low-budget stuff like Jonathan Doe or Sam Hell or, you know... Or even, like... James Bell or... Yeah, or even on a, like, higher higher independent budget like Scott Shimmer and yeah, shit like that. You know, people are going to, like, see these reviews for something like Headless. Yeah. And, and not watch it because it's like, oh, someone who just doesn't like low-budget movies shits all over it. My thing is, like... You know, and, and they went into it expecting not to like it because they don't like low-budget. Yeah. They never were going to give it a chance. Well, it's like... Like, I think the very worst of this, and uh, time to pull the, the, that gun out of the holster here for a second to go after a guy who's way bigger than us. Uh, fucking Cinema Sins. Fuck that fucking channel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They will choose, like, fucking classics in people's minds and just shit all over them because of, like, little nitpicky things here and there and try to tell you it's garbage when you know it's not. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck that fucking channel. I agree. I, uh, I fucking can't stand them. But, <laughs> yeah, I get, I get too fired up talking about those fuckers. But, um... When it comes to like critics and stuff in general, you've just got to like honestly at the end of the day, like probably the best option is to search this shit out yourself. Yeah, whatever sounds more interesting to you, watch it. Yeah, and, and if always, you like it, you like it. Always try to go into a movie with an open mind. Too. Yeah, you know, don't make no predetermined ex- assessments about something before you watch it. Exactly. Um, don't hold any like insane expectations for something especially if it is on a more micro budget of yeah, course for sure and like when it comes to reviewers like we brought up a couple there that are um you know very good at what they do and talk about movies in a you know non like just like shit all over it type of fucking way yeah like spooky yeah spooky yeah which we both said the other day that we think he is like on level of any big youtuber yeah as far as his production and writing and his editing, editing, his editing in particular, like I, I know, like he's uh, talked about, you know, work he's had with editing before, mm. but um, my God, his editing is next level yeah, comparison dude, to a lot of people. It's like the dude should be getting to 10k views per video. That 10k, I think he deserves way more than that. Well, even. I said at least, at the very least, yeah. 10k. Yeah. But then you also got guys like Herschel with Shocker Schlock, who's yeah. very good, and Mr. Parker, who's very good. It's like I, I especially love. Um, 
uh, you know, the, those three reviews because they don't like even have like a rating mm-hmm. for the for the movies. They're just like, here's what oh, I like, here's what I don't like. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Which I think is something we try to do as well. Yeah, I don't like uh, doing uh, ratings. But like when it comes to like crit- guys who consider themselves critics. Yeah, Joe Bob. Yeah, you know, again, it does suck, but I think their opinions do sway and hold a lot of weight. Yeah. So it would be unfortunate if, like, there's, like, filmmakers in Sweden who are trying to get their movies made. Yeah. But can't because, like, you know, critics are like, oh. Oh, it's this kind of movie. Yeah. yeah. They only make shit. Which is not true. Well, Especially like, since, you know, they brought us, like, the right one in. Yeah. <laughs> which is, like, a masterpiece, but whatever, you know. Again, I'm still, I'm very uncultured and haven't seen any of those. Sitting over here on my shelf. You're a cultured swan. I, I am. You can say that. I've definitely seen other movies I probably shouldn't have before that one. I've not seen Evil Ed yet. I've really been meaning to watch that. Yeah, I've heard uh, nothing but good things about yeah. it. Um, yeah, I think it sucks, but it is what it is. I mean, there's not a lot you can do about yeah. it. Yeah. Just try not to get too angry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't do what I do and don't just like look at fucking like the videos that Sins does. <laughs> I am the worst about like anything. Like, I'll see a wrestling clip I like, you know, since we talk about wrestling yeah. too much. And then I go down the comments and just immediately get angry. Oh, yeah. And want to fight back. But then I'm like, no, that's stupid. Just just enjoy what I enjoy and yeah. not worry about what everybody else likes. Also, I will I'm gonna shout out Mr. Barker one more time here because uh, he had the most brilliant fucking comeback to one of these types of oh, situations dude. ever. That was so good. Someone was like, fuck Vinegar Syndrome in the comments of a Facebook post. He was like, no, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Dude, Which fucking amazing. Like, yeah. And he, he was like, someone was like, wow, that escalated quickly. And he's like, well, what, what was I supposed to say? He gave me nothing to work with. Yeah. He's just being like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. So fuck him. Yeah. That was great. I loved it. So who the fuck thinks Vinegar Syndrome actually sucks? <sighs> it's hard to say, Matt. Anyways, hurts my brain. The old boil. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you. Recommended some Swedish horror films. Oh too. yeah, absolutely. Because I've never heard of Frostbite or Blood Tracks. Recommend me some. I, I want to see it. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Next up is Scum Vomit. Scum Vomit. What up, dudes? Hope all is well. I mean, it could be better, could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> Mental illness is a bitch, guys. I'm getting my knee tattooed right now while oh I'm writing this, and it fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee it. <laughs> Was wondering what tattoo do you have that really suck getting? Looking forward to this week's show, as always. Hashtag Bolt Gang. Now. Uh, come on now. Now, buddy. Now, that's a low blow, bro. <laughs> No, uh, Matt, you only have one tattoo. I only have one tattoo, and it didn't hurt at all. Yeah, it was on your thigh. Yeah, because I don't know why I got it there. I tried to, I was to hide it originally, yeah. but no one gave a shit. Yeah, I have but. two on my right arm. I mean, technically, you have got like three. Well, technically speaking, <laughs> yeah, because the one on my left forearm is it takes it's my, a half sleeve. It takes yeah. my entire forearm, <laughs> but it was multiple sessions. Yeah, yeah but yeah. but I have one um on your on my uh, right arm, which is yeah. it's Frankenstein. Done in yes. kind of a uh, the airbrush style. Yeah. And then my left forearm is completely covered in Halloween stuff. Yes. Including the McDonald's Halloween buckets. Yep. Which I'm sure some people are like, ew, consumerism. They're cool. It's nostalgia. <laughs> you know? And you got them before they came back, too. I did, so. yeah. Um, which we didn't get any. I No. <laughs> the inside of my forearm is a skeleton popping out of a pumpkin going, hey. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. And a background with some bats and some cool colors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and I did it all in one session. Yeah. It was between six to seven hours of tattooing. <laughs> yeah. And at first it was fine. It didn't really bother me at all. 
Now, by hour, about hour five, yeah. I was starting to hurt. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. Guaranteed. I started to be like, hey, can I run to the bathroom real quick? Yeah. I didn't have to use the bathroom. I just needed to get away from the needle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the most painful thing I've gotten so far is right next to my elbow. Oh, yeah. Is a uh, apple with a razor blade in it. Yeah. That's not colored yet. And I'm dreading getting it colored. Because <laughs> just the line work next to my elbow made my knee shudder. <laughs> <laughs> like also like when I went in to get mod, I was expecting the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is gonna hurt. I'm not gonna be able to handle it." Yeah. And then it was done within like like a couple minutes. It's, it, mine's just like riding. So my knees and elbows are so damn crusty. I don't know if they could be tattooed. You gotta put lotion on that shit. <laughs> Look at them. You gotta lotion your elbows. Describe my elbow to the people watching. Crusty. <laughs> well, fucking crusty ass elbows. Yeah. yeah. You gotta put some lotion on them, bitches. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm eventually going to have a whole Halloween sleeve, so I'll report as that comes along. But yeah, that that's what hurt the most, weirdly enough. Like, none of the color stuff on any of this hurt nearly as bad. Just <laughs> that one single line that kind of touches my elbow. Yeah. Bit. I was like, whoa. <laughs> the only thing that like kind of hurts to have held yourself on your leg because of the last podcast, love them, yeah. uh, was the O. I was, was expecting my wrist hurt. to really hurt, but it really didn't. No. No, not as bad as I thought it was going to. Paint tolerance is different for people, though. Yeah. But I can imagine the knee is real bad. Which is all bone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be, it's going to suck like a, it's going to be horrible. But uh, thank you, Scum Vomit, for the question. Even though you said hashtag Bolt Gang, we still respect you. Yeah. Uh, salute to you for getting your knee tattooed also. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Next up is Hal Monastone. What's up? Hiya. Hope everything is good. Getting could be better. Could be, could be better. Yeah. Could be better. Could be worse. <laughs> are there any fictional extreme movies that are about wrestling? <laughs> oh, God. Well, here's the thing. There are actually more than you would think when it comes to like just fictional movies about wrestling, but finding the good ones is hard. And as far as extreme goes, uh... Nothing I could think of. I mean, I don't think it's extreme. I know there's like Mass Mutilator. Mass Mutilator is not extreme. Uh, no. There's also, what is it? Uh, uh, damn, it's the one that had Rey Mysterio in it. Rey not Mysterio. Junior. Oh, Senior? Just Rey Mysterio. Uh, well, 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 whatever. <laughs> oh, fuck. What was the name of that movie? I don't remember. He like skinned their heads and like used them as lucha masks or whatever. <laughs> I don't remember that. It's not a very good movie, but you know. Uh, the El Santo stuff's actually really fun. It's not extremo. No. The closest I could come up with to uh, extreme uh, horror about wrestling that's fictional is the Lucha Gore stuff. Lucha Gore? Yeah. They're like an independent company out of Mexico that like blends like Necrostorm style gore with wrestling. Dude, I didn't know this existed. Yeah, one of, one of their short films is called El Gigante. <laughs> I gotta fucking watch this shit. Yeah, they're really fun. They're just little short films that are just really gory and bloody. Dude, that sounds sick. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a good time. Um, And it's not wrestling, but it's boxing, but uh, visceral. Visceral between the ropes and madness. Yeah. Uh, There's definitely some, like, documentary stuff about wrestling that's way more fucked up. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but wrestling is fucked up. That's the th- That's the thing. Uh, not really fucked up, but like, what was it? Is it called the wrestler with fucking Ricky? Uh, was it uh, Mickey Rourke? Mickey Rourke, yeah. Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. It's not really fucked up. No, no. It's sad. It's, yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah. yeah. Necro Butcher's in it. He, he yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been way, way better back in the day, but not anymore. Uh, Hal also asked, "What is the worst Super Mario game?" I mean, it's got to be something like if we're counting them. Mm-hmm. Mario and Tom. 
Oh god, those fucking like educational ones. Yeah. I, can't, I mean, how does it get worse than that? Those are those are bad. Unless you want to count the CDI ones, but those have brought me so much joy over the years because <laughs> of YouTube poops. But again, like there's the there's only one Mario one, and I think it was unreleased actually. Really? Hotel Mario. Was it unreleased? I think it was. The Zelda ones now. Those, those have also brought me a lot of joy, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Rubies. Well, excuse me, princess. <laughs> Spaghetti and meatballs. That's a, that's the Mario one, but yeah. <laughs> so much joy. I love it. Ouija. You gotta get your fingers in there and see if you feel any spaghetti and meatball. <laughs> that's not the CDI. I know, but. I know, but it's really funny. Yeah, that that's that was a lot of prostate cancer. <laughs> if only we checked his gobble earlier. <laughs> Fucking meme is great. <laughs> Jesus, it's fucked up, bro. But uh, yeah, that's gotta be the worst. Um, you know, <laughs> this is controversial. Oh no, I'm about I'm about to uh, scorch earth a little bit here. I don't really care for Super Mario 64 at all. God Never did. Never really did. God damn you. I love 2D platformers a lot. 3D platformers are not my cup of tea. There's <sighs> some really really good ones, and I respect shit like Banjo Kazooie and stuff yeah. like that. But uh. I, they're all just collectathons, and I just don't. I just don't. I don't really see Mario 64 as just a platformer, though. It's more of like, it's Mario in an almost open world type thing. Kind of, yeah. And of course, you got to you know save the the fucking castle and yeah. shit. Get your cake. Get your cake. You got to throw Bowser a bunch of fucking times. The Bowser fight is fun in that game. Yeah, you got to woo woo. Uh, throw his ass. Another one I'm not a big fan of is the new Super Mario Brother games. They're just a little easy. They're so easy, man. Yeah. Like, I got the one with the DS and just beat it in like a day. Uh, this, this you is can't not... lose. They give you so many one-ups and like, oh coins my God, yeah. that you, you, can't, you literally can't lose. I'm going to throw this one out here, not in like necessarily the worst, but it's almost fucking impossible. The Lost Levels. Oh, God, the Lost Fuck. Levels is ridiculous, dude. You have to make mild jumps in that fucking one. The best is Mario 3, all right? Probably. Or Super Mario World. So, ooh, Super Mario World may, might be my favorite. Mario 3, I've beat, like, I couldn't tell you how many times I beat that game. I also really love uh, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World 2. As a kid, I hated that game, though. Great. I hated fucking having to get Baby Mario. Ah, it's such a good game. <laughs> I mean, I probably I need to replay that shit. I've got the uh, SNES Classic over here, and I've also got SNES in here somewhere. The album recommendation this time is Waterworld by Leak Bros from 2004. The album is a dark and trippy album about PCP. Mm. Leak Bros was a collab album between the rappers Cage oh, shit. and Tame One, who sadly passed away this week. Wow. Rest oh, shit. I know you guys love Cage. Yes. <laughs> so Cage I think you're going gonna to love this one. Have a wonderful, uh, wonderful November and remember to trade eggs and ham with Mr. Joppy. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I, I like Cage a lot. Cage, uh, God, his songs fuck me up. Yeah. But they're really good. The sky opened up and God had you directly to me. Uh, fucking Ballad of Worms is still... <laughs> Ballad of Worms. Like, if we ever do a this. a music version of this podcast, like to do like an episode on music, mm-hmm. we're talking about the fucking cage. What kind of God is this? Came in the hottest bitch. Took her heart from her tress and left a pile of shit. <laughs> and also fucking Immortal Technique. Oh, yeah. Dance with the Devil. Dance with the Devil will forever haunt me. Such a good song, girl. It's so good. <laughs> but thank you, Hal, as always. You and, are the man. Yeah, thank you. Next up is the OG. People's Mikey. Now he is Mikey. 
Yes, he is Mike. He is Mike. You can start calling him Mike. I'm gonna call him Mike. The people's Mike. The people's Mike. <laughs> the people's Mike doesn't sound as good as the people's Mike, but <laughs> he's the people's champion. The people's champion. Yeah. If uh, you smell, you smell. <laughs> More wrestling references for Spooky Nerd. <laughs> I, love I love pro wrestling. I know, we do. Also, uh, to all the people out there who listen to our wrestling podcast, who listen to the Ric Flair episode, Woo! we will eventually get the sold out 2000. Uh, oh, God. It's been one of the most, like, we've been doing this podcast off and on pretty much for like, what, four years, something like that, some shit like that. I don't know. How long have we been doing this, John? The uh, Sick on Cinema? Yeah. Since like 2018, 2017? Something like that, yeah. I mean, we did take like a year and change off. Of. Yeah. Um, nothing. I mean, nothing we've done for the show has been harder to prep for than that fucking shit. Yeah. Sold Out 2000 is abysmal, but we'll get to that in another day. Anyway, back back to uh, uh, movie questions. <laughs> People's Mikey says, howdy, my dudes. Awesome to see your pretty faces on Cult Collectibles YouTube channel. Which yes, yes by the way, yeah. we were interviewed by the mighty Cult Collectibles. Yes, uh, mm. for his YouTube channel, you can go check that out. It was a lot of fun. You can see me chain smoke like a fucking fiend in that you video. You can see me drink water like a monster. Yeah, like I'd take a sip every other second. I feel like Dude, it's also because like I'm like hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. <laughs> like we can't wonder why it was so hot in my room because that fucking hot water heater. Yeah. <laughs> It was having a sauna effect in here. It really was. Yeah. It was horrible. Like, it's still not very, like, cold in here by any means, but fuck. Yeah, um, yeah that it was really fun. Though. Yeah, it was really fun. We got to talk about a lot of cool movies. Mm -hmm. Cold Collectibles is awesome. He's great. Dude. Oh, yeah. Go support the dude. He's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. If Todd McFarlane, you know who Todd McFarlane is, right? Spawn. Todd. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Were to make a toy line dedicated to trash and extreme cinema, who would you like to see get an action figure? Mm-hmm. Fun fact is, I didn't know. I, I used to love Spawn, right? Yeah. Like Spawn was my jam. I fucking loved Spawn. Yeah, me too. And I had the Violator toy. I had Spawn. But the only other Todd McFarlane toy mm. I ever owned, and I still have it somewhere in his house, oh, is a Lars Ulrich Metallica figure. Wait, is that fuck? Is that the Rob Zombie one? No, 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 no. That's not oh, Todd okay, McFarlane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know exactly where that thing is. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Well, I think we'll get it after the show. I don't know why I had a Lars Ulrich. Yeah. But I did. Hey, you know, <laughs> that's fucking awesome. The first one that pops in my head is Krug, Last House and Left. Oh my god, that would be fucking sick. Peter August Underground. That would be sick as the well. The hammer just covered in blood. Fucking uh, Alex from uh, Clockwork Orange. No House House and Left. Ooh, Park. okay, gotcha. David Hess. Hmm. I thought you were going. Give me the Clockwork David Hess Orange. trilogy. Oh, the trilogy. All three of them. Oh my god. Just want a boogie. Just want a boogie. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be boogieing in the uh, the one who's going to have the straight razor. Yeah, both. Both. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, and a Giovanni Lombardo Radici, too. My brain's broken, John. Uh -huh. Why did I immediately go to Uncle Goddamn? <laughs> so it's just him getting his, his fucking acid on fire, being like, you're on fire, Uncle Robert. How's it feel to be cremated? Goddamn. Goddamn. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I know Unearthed did a uh, Milos. Yeah. From Serbian film. But Tom McFarlane's take on that would be really fucking cool. Oh, as well. yeah, it would be. Uh, there's, man, there's so many, though. Uh, the fucking kid from uh, Come and See. Ooh. That'd be kind of cool. What about the bunny kid from Gummo? Ooh, yeah, that'd dude. Really I would, cool. like, I'm not even a figure collector, and I would fucking buy that RV. Yeah, that'd be sick. Oh, my God. That'd be so sick. Uh, Who else would be really cool? 
Yeah, that'd be really cool. That'd be really fun from Barf Bunny. Yeah. Miss 45. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the nun outfit. That would be really sick, actually, yeah. One Eye from fucking Thriller. Oh, yeah, that'd be great, too. Yeah. We could go on forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Saxon from any of movie. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Just John Saxon. Oh, fucking... Joe Spinell Maniac. Oh, I'm sure there's like a thousand figures of those. Oh, already. yeah, but Still. that'd be so cool. Shit, there may be a Tom McFarlane. Oh, yeah, there might be. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Zeno. <laughs> just, I don't know, that one just popped up. What about from The Undertaker? <laughs> Dude, just sweaty he's Joe Spinell. Sweat. Like, like, he sweats a lot in Maniac. He sweats so oh much. He's so drunk in The Undertaker. He's so fucked. Yet somehow is still great. Yeah, he still does a great job. Yeah. Oh, Al Cardo would be a really cool one. Oh, so, it's not very really cool extreme. Too. Really, you but, could do like a whole collection. You could have uh, Justine Alicarda and, oh, and like the devil thing. Oh yeah, dude, that'd be so cool. But first, thunder, ooh, lightning. <laughs> it's so good. I love that movie so much. Um, I'm trying to think of more, but just the whole cast of Vigilante. <laughs> yeah, Robert Forster and Fred Williamson. I rewatched that recently. It made me so good. Oh my god, it's so good. Uh, 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 Linda Blair from Street Trash would be really cool. Oh yeah, that would be really cool. Um. Oh. Fuck. Oh. I can't think of it anymore. Yeah. That's some. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, we could yeah. go all day about it. Oh my god. Again, I'm not even a figure collector. I would love that shit. <clears throat> People's Mike says I wouldn't mind the first series being the cast of August Underground Mortem. Oh shit! Yeah. Jess Franco. Yeah. <laughs> Laura Gimser. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the chick from Terrible Meal. Dude, that would actually be really <laughs> sick. Enjoy the rest of the week. Looking forward to hearing you guys shoot the shit on early Cronenberg. I'm hurt. I'm old. I'm tired. I work with fucking children. I need more muffins. My goddamn EVPs knocked my dog's teeth out. <laughs> they, <laughs> they put my ex-best friend on TV as a big fuck you to me. Oh Thank my God. you. Fuck you. Bye. Cheers. I just about fucking passed out on air. My head got so hot. Oh my God. My dog's <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, that what he's alleged? Yeah, yeah, that's what he said happened. He said the young bucks came and kicked the door and knocked his dog's teeth. <laughs> he just super kicked the dog in the face. <laughs> oh my god! What the spook and Herschel gonna hate this? <laughs> They're like, we don't know what you're fucking talking Stop about. Stop talking about wrestling. <laughs> oh my god. Ooh, oh. <laughs> Thank you, people, Maggie. That was awesome. That's an all-timer right there. God, what is this? Why is it burnt? That's probably part of the fucking hot water heater. <laughs> God damn it. And last but certainly not least, we have Brady Hansen 7. What's up? He says, what up, fellers? <laughs> not much. Why hasn't anyone made a horror movie about the Mormon church? As someone who has lived in Utah my whole life and grew up in a religion, it seems like a no-brainer to me. I know the Catholic Church is much more well-known, and they make it easy with all things like exorcisms in their past, but I really like I really think the idea has potential, especially with shows coming out recently like Under the Banner and Of Heaven. Oh, my God. And A Friend of the Family, both of which based on horrific true stories. Yeah. I admit, I admit I am biased on this topic, but I really think the possibility are endless. Plus, I'd really like to watch all my neighbors lose their minds if a movie like this was ever made. You two are fucking awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brady Thank Hansen. you. Um, Mormonism. 
there's I have one theory why there's not many Mormon movies, and this is purely just for comedy's sake. So I apologize because there's too much lore. <laughs> <laughs> there's too much Mormon lore, like a like a Lord of the Rings series. Yeah, you have to go through a lot to explain Mormonism, and it's. So you know you're you're more of an expert on this than I would be. Uh, I know I know Mormonism and I know what it is. I am an expert in the sense that I have listened to every episode the last podcast did on more Mormonism. I mean, that's closer than I am. I, I listen to one. You do listen to one of them and you're like, "Fuck it." Yeah. I was like, "Nah, I'm good." Uh, and I've looked into some stuff with like, especially like more Mormon scandals, like the one dude, I don't remember his name right now, but like, he like sexually abused like a ton of fucking people. You easily could make a movie like Happiness about Mormonism. Oh my God. Yeah. Like Todd Shalond. Yeah. Would make a great movie about Mormonism, I think. Uh, I think like, you know, seriously, a movie, a horror movie about Mormonism would be fucking sick. And it can't be something like the Mormon. Yeah. No. You know, we need like a real, actually like well-made. Yeah. <laughs> We need a what red state was to like baptism. Yeah, uh, ba- Baptists. Baptists. Yeah, Southern Baptists. Yeah, Southern ba- the Southern Baptist Church. And what the devils is to Catholicism. Yeah, we need that for uh, Mormonism now. Yeah, for sure. So we can just hit the trifecta. That'd be cool. I'd be down. Oh, which I know Matt and Trey from South Park did the Book of Mormon, which is a shit post about Mormonism. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's not horror, nor is it extreme at all. But it is definitely like a huge satire on the Mormon church. Yeah. And and the fucked up shit around them. Dog, like, there's so much, like, between, like, Oh god, what's the fucking like the dude who like founded it? What's his name? Oh, uh Joseph oh. Smith. Yeah. Joseph Smith like from found Joseph- a tablet on <laughs> From like Joseph Smith to like the guy who like was his like uh what's the opposite of predecessor, John? His student? Follower? Not follower. Who who took over after he was murked. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, Murked. <laughs> yeah, he got murked, dog. Like, they shot his ass to death. <laughs> yeah, man. Joseph Smith found a table. Like, like, it's also very interesting because Mormonism is, like, one of the f- only, like, branches of, like, Christianity to, like, come out in, like, more modern times. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Catholicism and, you know, baptism, et cetera, et cetera. It's old. It's old as shit. Yeah. Uh, Mormonism is like more towards like uh, within like the last like couple of centuries. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's less than what I just said, but <laughs> you know, it is. What yeah, it is. like I think it's like eight, 1800s, something like that. 1800s. Uh, I, I don't know. know. Like I said, you know more about this than I do. But but yeah, uh, I would fucking be so down for that. It'd be yeah. sick. But thank you, Brady Hansen Seven, for the question. As always, sorry for going off on a bunch of shit that I do not know a ton about, and then that you do. It's all good. Well, you know. <laughs> If you want to join these lovely, lovely people, which we thank deeply for sending us questions yeah, each and every you so week, much. you all are amazing. Uh, you can do so by going to sickoncinema at gmail.com, or you can wait to the week of the episode. We are by weekly podcast, mm-hmm. and we will post a lovely little image with some skeletons dancing around in the background that says, we are taking questions, and you can ask in the comment section uh, below. Um... Yeah, so we're going to take a quick break. Yes. And when we come back, we're going to the Great White North. Mm. We're going to the land of Spooky. We're going to, we're, we're, oh, we're coming, Spooky. We're coming we're for you, side. We're your house in butter. <laughs> As we talk the films of David Cronenberg. Yes, sir. 
Very excited about this. Yes. So we'll be right back here on Sick on, on Cinema. Cinema. I need more water. I'm thirsty. Yes. Drop. Drop. <laughs> time in cinema history, the greatest fear of all mankind will be graphically exposed. Now, a motion picture dares to take you beyond the threshold of the living, where you may discover your own face of death. Explicit footage will expose one of the most repulsive forms of death. You will be witness as helpless creatures die by the butcher's hand. No! This film will introduce you to a world where the bizarre is not uncommon and the normal seems out of place. into a bloody world where violence creates an image not soon to be forgotten. If you have never thought about death, time you started thinking. Faces of death. Now a major motion picture. We're back. We are back. You know what's an underrated fry? What's up? I guess it's not technically a french fry. Tater wedges. I mean, is it not a french fry? I don't know. Is it a french fry? I mean, it's technically just like sliced, it's sliced up potatoes, but that's kind of, that's what french fries are. Yeah. What about a tater tot? Is that a fry? Or is that something completely different? That's different podcast. <laughs> Coming soon from Sick on Cinema, Fat Boy Podcast. Fat Boy Talk. (laughs) Fat Talk with John and Matt. Bro, you know what's really good? Popeye chicken sandwiches. I love Popeye's. (laughs) I love me some goddamn Popeye's chicken sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Two and a half hours about food. (laughs) We could. Probably. To the best way to cook some ramen. Now let me tell you about those Totino's uh, party pizzas. <laughs> it's a party pizza, but 
I'm the only one at the party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now on the box, it tells you there's more than one serving here, and that's fucking bullshit. That's a bullshit. This is one serving. <laughs> you eat this, you get happy. <laughs> you get happy. <laughs> Anyways. Then we talk about the, how monsters and food are going to kill us. We just <laughs> keep God, yeah. drinking and eating in, abs- in ab- excess. My diet is... Woo, it's bad. Mine's horrible right now. I, I'm either not eating at all or Caffeine eating all the fucking sodium. time. Yeah, dude. Here comes a stroke, baby. Stroke, heart attack city. Let's fucking go. I can go. only hope it kills me. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, speaking of bodies. Yes. <laughs> the master of body horror. Not a segue. Thank you. <laughs> the king of Canadian horror. Yes. The Canuck exploitation king. Yes. David Cronenberg. Now, I'm sure when we announced this episode, people were like, really? Probably Cronenberg. He's Cronenberg. a little more... He's he's, a little, that's mainstream. He's yeah. a master of horror. Yeah. You know? And you are correct. Yes. However, if you really break down David Cronenberg's movies... His shit's fucked. They're so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. They're all so fucked up. Like, Videodrome, again, we'll get into it, is all about, like, you know... Uh, you know manipulation in like media and his fear of technology and naked lunch is all about this writer and his drugs. Like, on drugs and dead ringers is whoa boy it's devastating devastating movie <laughs> fucking devastating so yeah and we also like for this we kind of wanted to tackle some of david's more subversive yeah, as well as kind of just stranger works. Yeah, we weren't we weren't going to do like scanners for this one. Yeah, for sure. Which I, I, you know, will we do scanners at some point? Maybe, possibly. I mean, I definitely think we should do Ravid and Shivers. Yeah, you know, at some point. Yeah, but yeah, and the Brood, <laughs> but probably not the Fly. The probably Fly not. is fucked up. It's fucked up, but it's it's a little too popular. It's a little too mainstream. I guess Videodrome bridges that a little bit. But. Yeah. But I think considering David Cronenberg has kind of broken to the mainstream. Yeah. And, you know, is considered a master of horror. The dude's work is just as transgressive as anybody else's. Oh, yeah. And, and like, is truly unnerving and haunting in every sense of the word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David Cronenberg is a body pervert. <laughs> That's for big truth. <laughs> he uh, loves fucking with the body a lot, whether it be on a mental level or physical. Yes. So we're going to start with 1983. Yes. With Death to Videodrome, Long Long Live live the the New Flesh. flesh. Videodrome. Oh my fucking God, this movie, man. The only problem with talking about a movie like Videodrome is like, what can we add to this that hasn't been talked about before? Not a lot. Not a ton. (laughs) It's a fucking masterpiece. That is big true. Um... So if you don't know the plot of Videodrome, we have Max Rennan played by James Wood. And you know, this time around, not that I don't think I ever recognized that James Woods was really good in this movie, but this time in particular, for some reason, it really clicked. I was like, this is a really fucking good performance. Yeah, it really like, is. He's charming, but kind of slimy at the same time. Yeah. But really likable. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and you're really captivated by him the whole movie. And like, you're with him. Yeah. Like, every time something fucking weird happens, you're with him being like, wait, wait, well, what the fuck? You know? Like, yeah. Though there's at points where the movie feels like, like, it plays it like he's just like, yeah, of course this is happening. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> fuck. And, you know, it's weird enough as it is. Yeah. You know, like, but anyways, Max Rennan is a, uh, is he an executive of Civic TV? I think, yeah, I think he's an executive, or it's either that or like a producer type thing. Yeah. His job is he goes out and finds programs for this table, this cable channel. Yeah. And what they specialize in is stuff that pushes the envelope. 
Yes, stuff that is uh, more uh, transgressive, if you will. Yeah, anyway, anything between violence and sex. Yeah, you know, at one point we see him in a hotel room with some Asian men, and they're selling him some pinku films, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, which is fucking hilarious. It is hilarious when you see it. She's got like the little like gnome looking thing. that takes <laughs> yeah. off. It's just a dildo. <laughs> And what I like about that scene too is when he's like, he's the the guy goes to pull the tape out and he's like, no no no, no. number thirteen, yeah. And he's like, well everything's set up in the first two, and he's just like, he's like, yeah, but I want to know everything I can know by episode thirteen, yeah. And I'm like, ooh, that's kind of cool actually. It is really cool. Yeah, you know, a little bit of a uh, probably a nod to like how TV producers actually act. Yeah yeah yeah. <clears throat> so he also has this guy who like kind of like pirate broadcast or picks up pirate broadcasts from yeah. other countries to try to find new programs for uh, Civic TV. Yeah. And lo and behold, one day he taps into a program which they first think is out of Thailand. Yeah. Or is it Thailand? I don't know. I don't remember if it's Thailand or not, but somewhere in the Asian Middle Eastern area. Yeah. Uh, and it's Videodrome. Yes. Which essentially is a live broadcast snuff film. Yeah, it's essentially, uh, is it just women or is it men too? I don't remember. It seems to be both, I think. I think there's a time there's a guy. Well, essentially it's these uh, these anonymous people just beating the fuck out of people and killing them yeah. for the camera. And and Max Renan becomes obsessed with video drama and he wants to learn everything about it, especially when he discovers that it's being broadcast out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Long and behold, this is just the backstory for August Underground. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> but, um, so essentially he becomes obsessed with Videodrome and uh, trying to uncover everything about it leads him down this deep, dark, twisted rabbit hole. That it leads to higher-ups and political powers and political corruption, as mm-hmm. well as he discovers that the signal from Videodrome causes tumors in the brain, yep. which creates horrifically brutal hallucinations. Yes. <laughs> and that's basically the plot of Videodrome. I just don't know what else we add. That's the thing. The, the things I love about Videodrome is it beautifully blends hallucination and reality. Yeah. To the point where you, you're never quite sure what is real and what isn't. Exactly. Which another movie does that really, that we're going to be talking about does that well as well. Yes. Um, yeah, like you're constantly like on edge of like, is, did that happen? Yeah, is that actually real, or is this all in his head? Like, you know, when he puts the, the tape in his... Or he puts the gun in, in his, his stomach. Yeah. Which is, again, Cronenberg and his sexuality, and, like, you yeah. know, all of his movies are, like, brutally sexual, is the yeah. best way to describe it. It's like the, the stomach of James Woods' character, Max... Is very uh, vaginal looking. It is, yes. <laughs> On purpose. Yes, yes. It's supposed to be, again, very like, again, body pervert, <laughs> David Cronenberg. But, oh God, I love this fucking movie. I've seen, I've seen this movie probably like three times now, three or four times. Mm-hmm. And every watch, I love it more. Something you brought up the, this time around that I never really picked up on consciously but I think subconsciously always is that the movie feels very dystopian yeah it does not feel like it's takes place in our current reality well now it definitely does but (laughs) it doesn't feel like it takes place in the current timeline right yeah when the movie was made yeah 83's timeline it does not feel like 80 because it is set in the modern times for when the movie was made yes but it does feel futuristic yeah like almost in the way of like something like Robocop does right yeah where it's like even though Robocop isn't 
technically dystopian. No, but it does definitely takes place in a future yeah. type sense. It does not tell you that, but it definitely feels that way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. Because, like, you know, everything is familiar, but just a little strange. Yeah. Like, all the technology is just a little off. Of course, like, John here, and I'm, I'm sure everyone here knows who's listening, I love my dystopian type movies. Yes. <laughs> and this movie plays with dystopia a lot. You know, the character of Brian Oblivion, who's like prophesizing how like media will be our downfall. <laughs> and it's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, these movies age like wine. They really do. Like, I remember like when it was like, we were talking about it off air, you're like, you're like, cell phones are Videodrome. Pretty much. And I was like, damn, you're right. Cell phones are Videodrome. Twitter is Videodrome. Yeah, Twitter is Videodrome. <laughs> Twitter's literally Videodrome. <laughs> the, again, the internet itself, you could say, is Videodrome because you can easily go watch someone die. For sure, yeah. But like, You also, can easily go watch someone get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it, it's all like, the the images of like the violence is all just a metaphor for like, the abuse that media does to the oh, brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and how it dumbs you down, basically. Oh, yeah. And, and it's also like a, it plays on like corruption in power mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which again, most dystopian movies do. Trusting your own sense of reality. Yeah. And your own consciousness. Can you even trust your own self? Yeah. You know, there's a the whole thing where it's like, you know, the guy films one of uh, Max's hallucinations. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, what is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and another thing is, as soon as Max puts a headset on, you don't know what's real anymore. No, it, like, before, you're, you're getting crazy hallucinations. Yeah. But after that, it goes off the rails. Yeah, you, you don't know if this is even, like, the rest of the movie's even real or not. Yeah, you know, including the, the crazy ending. Because I don't... If you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember seeing him take the headset off. No, he just wakes up in his apartment. Yeah, mm-hmm. which it could very much just be. He could still be in that helmet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That definitely could yeah. be. Uh, you know, because there's also a part where he, when he goes to Brian Oblivion's like um, his house. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, studio almost. Yeah. There's this whole thing where, like, they're doing therapy on people by having them watch TV. Yeah. These little cubicles where they're coming in and, like, watching TV. It's it's so funny. And then you find that, like, you know, spoiler, minor spoiler. Yeah. The Brown Oblivion is, well, you led to believe, is dead. Yes. And, like, he does these interviews through VHS tapes that he recorded. He pre-recorded, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking insane. (laughs) Yeah, it's such an insane premise. Um, And the Brown Oblivion character, too, is... Oh my god. It's so weird. The movie, yeah. Yeah, the whole movie in general is, is weird and unnerving yeah. and like it's scary. Oh, very scary. Yeah. But you can't put your finger on quite why. Yeah, everything's a little off. Mhm. Like between just like some of the how some of the characters act yeah. towards each other and like everybody seems to be a pervert. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just reality, but cuz like, you know, Deborah Harry in the movie you know, yeah, they meet, and at first she's kind of comes off as like, like she does this like radio show where it's kind of like a you know self help kind of radio show, yeah. relationship help kind of thing, and then when when Max and her like form this like you know relationship this affair, thing. yeah, a type thing, you know she turns out to be a masochist, you know, yeah, a pretty severe one too, like not not in the sense of like, oh like you know I'm into you know some some uh, you know. 
spanks, spanking and shit like that. No, she likes being cut with a fucking knife. Yeah, they like pierce her ear with like a safety pin at one point. Yeah, and, like she burned herself with a cigarette, and she's into extreme yeah. shit. Yeah. Everything's pushed to the extreme. I love what happens with her where it's like you never really quite know. Yeah. She just disappears. Yeah. It's scary. Very scary. Yeah. Especially knowing what is going on with the Videodrome, like, Mm. broadcast. And and something else to talk about, too, you know, like Rick Baker, the guy who did the effects work. Oh, my God. Legend, of course. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I do think that his, like, his crowning moment is definitely the transformation scene in American World of London, which we recently re- rewatched. That fucking amazing movie, and that transformation course. scene is fucking unbelievable. Like the fact that oh, it's that so off is good. insane. It's still hard to like decipher how they did it. Yeah, but I think some of the effects in this movie are just as good. <laughs> it's like uh, again, everyone's seen the fucking clip, the tumor gun. Yeah, the tumor gun, like. That effect, I don't really know exactly how they did that. It's a full puppet. Yeah. Just splitting apart. Just like, but the way it looks is just so gross. It's very gross. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite kills in uh, movie history. But just the gun in general. Yeah. And the seamlessness in the way that, like, it transitions from, like, James Wood's body to the, the, the stomach body. Yeah. And also in the movie, too, you see, like, a faint line beginning to develop yeah. throughout the movie before it finally opens, opens up. up. Yeah. Not like they put the beta tape in his fucking front. Yeah. And, like, at one point, like, when he first gets the Brown Oblivion tape, mm-hmm. it breathes. Yeah, it's... Like, <laughs> that was something that I didn't really pick up on in the uh, previous watches of this, but it re- it's really unnerving in this mm-hmm. in this watch. Because it's just like, oh, God. Like, like the, all, like, the, like, the stuff you consume media with, like, televisions and tapes, become very biomechanical. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, like, organic to them yes like the tape breathes or like the the tv like sweats and like yeah you know when he's like making out with it you know and yeah it's 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 really crazy and like really creative and even the screen becomes almost flesh-like yeah yeah it's really awesome yeah Cronenberg is so fucking creative he is yeah his mind works in such a unique way yeah unlike a lot of other filmmakers he's insanely creative (laughs) like who else would have come up with this world Da- only David Cronenberg. He's a world builder too. That's oh my god! Like, yeah, like you feel like you're completely engrossed in this universe. Yes. And with a, a later movie we'll talk about, of course, in Naked Lunch, uh, he he literally does create a different world. Yeah, for sure. And oh god, he this this movie's become one of, one of my favorites of all time. I it's, fucking it's love such it. a and such good like such good writing too. Oh god, yeah. Like everybody knows the fucking death of video drone, long live the, the new, new flesh. flesh. Like it's such a cool catchphrase. Yeah. Like the fact that's not plastered on t-shirts everywhere seems surprising to me in a way. Yeah. Like you figure that's the kind of like thing that like punks would pick up on and like have oh, like, yeah. on the backs of their jackets and shit. Yeah. Long well, live the new flesh. <laughs> I guess it did, didn't help that fucking James Woods did this movie and then when later on fucking do something really stupid. He was Rudolph Giuliani, baby. He was all fucking chiclet mouth himself. <laughs> but anyways, motherfucker doesn't brush his bottom teeth. <laughs> <laughs> not James not James Woods, by the way. I'm talking about Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> but uh, anyways, get off that. Yeah, I'm not going to get onto that too much. Uh, yeah. I don't know. This movie's fucking great. I, yeah. I feel uh, like I could talk about it forever. Again, we don't talk about scores very often, but for me, this is a five. I'm feeling... A ten. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that channel so much. Brad Tasty Music. Um, yeah. To, yeah. But from probably one of David Cronenberg's most talked about movies. Oh, yeah. To a couple of David Cronenberg's least talked about movies, I feel like. Yeah. Um, it's like, of course, I talked about seeing Videodrome multiple times at this point. Um, 
I had never seen these. Mm-hmm. It's like I've seen, of course, The Fly and, you know, others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scanners. Yeah. But I had never got to these, and these are, it's been a, pl- a fucking pleasure to yeah. get to these. We talked about off air where I was like, just rewatching all this stuff just really solidifies like how much I really love David Cronenberg's movies. It maybe maybe want to go watch everything he's ever fucking made. He he's just he's fucking incredible, man. And like you know you you see he's so fucking good as a filmmaker that even though like he was quote unquote a horror director, yeah, you know he was able to push through into the mainstream but still create his own universes and his have his own voice, yeah, with stuff like Eastern Promises and History of Violence. Mm-hmm. But anyways, you know the movie that kind of like began that like progression for him would be his next this next movie we're going to talk about which yes. is 1988's Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers. Um yeah, Dead Ringers uh f- follows twin brothers. Yes, twin doctors. Yeah, gynecologists. Twin do- yeah, gynecologists and uh they have a very I'd say uh, weird relationship with one another for sure. You know like hey. this is a departure for Cronenberg in that like almost everything he made up to this point in time was either horror or sci-fi or some mixture of the two yes where this is definitely a more of a drama yeah than anything horror however i would argue that the movie is still very much body horror yeah it still falls into the body horror category but not in the same sense as videodrome or uh scanners this is the definitely rude. I say when it comes to a body horror situation, this is way more mental. It plays a lot more realistically. Yeah. Whereas something like Videodrome is more fantastical. Yes. You know. But uh, still body horror Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, again, like you will see, actually, you know, physical body horror in this one, but more, as you said, in a realistic sense. But it's very mental yeah, as yeah. well. Like it plays a lot with like, you know, mental illness and deterioration and shit. This is also toxicity. The movie, yes, in all its forms, <laughs> relationships, oh God, yeah. spousal, mm-hmm. uh, sibling, yeah. <laughs> family. You know, like all it's all fucking toxic. masculine, feminine. <laughs> Toxicity is in all forms. (laughs) Yeah, it is toxicity the fucking movie. Just people who should not be together being together. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But you follow Beverly and Elliot, who, like you said, are two twins who become uh, medical professions. And uh, they... um, I guess they're gynecologists. Yeah. uh, Uh, They're fertility doctors, definitely. Yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely gynecologists. Yeah, so, you know, they treat upper echelon women yes to help them bear children yeah um beverly is more of a meek quiet um you know he's more focused on uh, his work yeah he's he's more of a workaholic and less social person yeah. where elliot is definitely the social butterfly and a ladies man yes um <laughs> <laughs> sorry was having a hot water uh, update <laughs> update <laughs> we're good <laughs> we're still good <laughs> but yeah he's he's definitely more of a social butterfly a little more uh outgoing outspoken kind of an asshole yeah he's kind of toxic and he kind of leeches off his brother because he knows his brother is the hard worker of the yeah team. his brother does all the hard work when he is the speaker of the group really yeah um it's like not saying that his you know the character isn't smart that's definitely not the case it's just 
the work is definitely done by Beverly Moore. Beverly, yeah. Um, Which I just want to—I want to clarify that they're twin brothers, but they're all played by the same actor. Yes, they're both played by Jeremy Irons and Oscar fucking worthy performance. Yeah, because you at times forget that. Yeah. They feel like completely independent people. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy. <laughs> it's hard enough to do that for one character. Yeah. Let alone two. <laughs> yeah. And he's able to pull it off seamlessly. Eventually one day uh, a lady whose name is Claire yeah. who is an actress uh, comes to their, their mm. clinic and um, <laughs> Elliot takes a shine to her. Yeah, Elliot's kind of a ladies' man. He likes to, you know, he likes the one night stands. He likes to hit them and quit them. Yeah, he, he he's definitely a uh, a, a man whore. <laughs> yeah. But he also likes to like let his brother get in on the action as well. So they'll switch spots, play a little bit of uh, twin magic. Twin magic, yes. So, uh, which is kind of fucked up. Yeah. Oh, no, kind of. I say kind of, but it's very fucked up. It's very fucked up. So Beverly. Happens to kind of begin to fall in love with her. Yeah. And at first it becomes a big problem because she finds out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but eventually Elliot, or Be- Beverly. Yeah. I'm going to do this several times. Yes. Beverly and uh, Claire make up. However, Claire isn't all sunshine and rainbows either, though. Yeah. She has her own demons, and her demons is drugs. Yeah, she takes diet pills. Yes. Vitamins. Yeah. Amphetamines. Yeah. Amphetamines. <laughs> what was it? Um, oh, fuck. It was. Like, what's the name of that damn drug? It's like it's a horse tranquilizer. What is? What the fuck is that thing called? Oh, I don't know. Ketamine. Ketamine. <laughs> Ketamine. Horse tranquilizer. That would be a downer. <laughs> yes. But anyways, uh, and she introduces Beverly. Yeah. To it. To which Beverly becomes severely addicted. Yeah, horrifically addicted. Yeah, too. it becomes quite a drug addict. <laughs> yeah, and Elliot wants to help his brother fight this demon and get out of it, but at the same time, feels as though he needs to be on the same level as Beverly, and that's where we'll kind of leave it. And let's just say things go downhill, and mental deterioration becomes severe, and uh, yeah. <laughs> this movie is devastating. <laughs> um, you see these characters like at first, like you're like you know, you get you get to know them, and you definitely probably take a little more, you know, of a care to one over the other. Yeah, but again, while also they are both toxic, mm-hmm. they're real though. Yeah, they're very real, and at the same time, like by the end of the movie, you're like. Fuck. They're real people. Like, that's the thing that Cronenberg does such a good job with this movie, because he wrote, produced, and directed this one. Yeah, which is insane. Is that, like, like I said, like, these are real people. Yes, they have their toxic traits, and yes, at times, especially Elliot, can be kind of an asshole. Yeah. Beverly can, too. Yeah, he can in his own his own. But they're also likable. And, yeah. And because they're real people, and real people aren't perfect. Yeah, no one is perfect. They're not black and white. Like, though they're not great people, and they've done things that are fucked up, Yeah, they're still human. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, they still have... They, they still love each other. Yeah, very much so. Sometimes you think maybe in a... <laughs> Parasitic, almost parasitic, way. and also complicated. Yeah, and maybe problematic. <laughs> yeah, kind of way yeah. as well. Like there's definitely hints that that maybe Elliot 
likes his brother a lot kind of thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like he wants to hear all of El- uh, Beverly's uh, sexual exploits. Yeah. Because he feels that like he can live vicariously through him as well because he feels like he's doing him a favor. Yeah, and it's very... Uh, it's yeah. very icky. But like to see them fall apart yeah the way the movie does is tragic and very sad yeah and and hard to watch (laughs) yeah um and also like it takes more of the step into the physical body horror realm with a definitely a scene in particular with the surgery while Beverly is fucked on these pills Surgery. surgery and well, no, it's not even pills at that point. It's something harder, isn't it? Yeah. He's, he's, he started shooting them up at that yeah. point. Yeah. The thing about it, too, is like this movie, like Cronenberg is going to Cronenberg. Yeah. Because at one point, Beverly gets an artist who is the lead from Scanners. Yeah. To make his own surgical tools. Yes. To deal with mutated women, he says. Yeah, which is completely just delusions. Just delusions. So it's like Cronenberg's still going to Cronenberg. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you can't get away from that. No. But like. The ending of this movie is really tragic, haunting, sad, and haunting. Yeah, and there's a particular line that will stick with you for a while dealing yeah. with ice cream. Yeah, that like it really like glues to your bones. That's it's just real sad. Yeah, it's very sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, drug addiction in movies is super fucked up, mm-hmm. and is a uh, massive. Uh, Trigger for my brain <laughs> in a sense that where it's like, oh God. Yeah. Which uh can't wait to get to work home for a dream one day. Yay. It's gonna be so fun. Yay. Yeah, this movie's really fucking good. It is, yeah. It's uh it's a tragedy. You know? Yeah. This movie's again, this movie's fucking perfect. It's one of those movies like much like the next one we're gonna talk about too, where it's yeah. like it's over two hours long, yet it doesn't feel it. No, it does not feel uh, two hours at all. It, it's easy to sit through. Well, it's easy in the sense that you're never good. you're never bored either. Yeah. And Jeremy Irons, we really have to put over his performance. Like it is fucking next level good. And also, I just want to bring up bring this up too real fast, just to you know alleviate, alleviate some uh, some of the more uh, <laughs> you know the story of this movie a little bit because it's so dark mm-hmm. and you know depressing is. I recognized the voice. Oh, of Jeremy Irons? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's fucking Scar. <laughs> Long live the king. Another <laughs> devastating scene. This man, this man's hurt me multiple times. I mean, it's a movie of really three characters. Like, Of course, there's a lot more people in the movie. Oh, yeah. It revolves around Claire, Beverly, and Elliot. Which... <laughs> Two of them are one person. Yeah. Which is insane. It is insane. But Claire is, is great as well. Oh, my like God. Like, her yeah. character is super interesting as well, because you're never really quite sure her motives. Yeah. Or what she's doing. Yeah. She she seems, at times, to have everything under control, mm. and then at other times, completely out of control as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're never quite sure where she's going to land. Yeah. Which I think is very interesting, because, again, it's very realistic. Yeah, very much so. You know? Um... Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this one because except for it hurt me. <laughs> this movie hurt me. God, the ending of this movie is, is rough. It's fucking it's rough. It's so rough, man. This might be like, oh, I'm having a calf cramp. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh. Anyways, the end of this movie is <laughs> possibly David Cronenberg's like most fucked up moment in filmmaking. Like, possibly, it's up there. Yeah. 
I, I definitely say so. <laughs> I'm standing up right now because I'm having a massive cramp. <laughs> Do not doctor recorder the floor, please. No, no, I got it. I got okay. it. We're good. We're good. We're still good. We're still good. <laughs> that was fun. I hate cramps. Whew, so that was fun. You gotta drink more water, son. I got you. Don't worry. There you go. <sighs> but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, it's hard to say if this is Cronenberg's most fucked up movie. I don't I don't know. Because the brood. Yeah. I mean, that's like physical manifestation of like anger as children beating the fuck out of people. With yeah. Bats and shit. You know, that's pretty gnarly. Yes. You know, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It is, it's definitely a movie that's like, it sticks with you for a while. Yeah. Like, so that one scene in particular really sticks with you, I feel like. And also, also I just want to bring up the fact too, that it's like, I know we, we touched on it, but David Kruberg wrote, produced, and directed this. Yeah. Again, like, not again. I'm not trying to shit on people or anything like that, but it's like there's like music artists who can't write a song <laughs> yeah, themselves, right. and this and this guy wrote an entire movie, produced it himself, and fucking directed it. And it's not the only time he's done it. A video drone. It's know? insanity. He wrote Naked Lunch as well, even though Naked Lunch is technically an adaptation. Yeah, but you know, uh, and there's also like. All very quotable things from both all three of these movies. Mm-hmm. Like you have Videodrome with uh you know, Death the Videodrome, Long Live the New Flesh, and this one again you unfortunately have the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> which is it's quotable, but I don't know if you want to quote it. And the thing about it too is like something I talk about is like they almost revert to like their childhood. Yeah. The further they go down this addiction rabbit hole. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting. And maybe Freudian as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't also, know. Also, Naked Lunch has exterminated all rational thought. Yes, I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love Dead Ringers. I think it's a great fucking movie. I think uh, it's a powerful fucking movie. Yeah, it very much is. Um, yeah, it. it's it's a movie I can definitely say bothered me, mm. which doesn't happen as often as it used to, but yeah, this one did it for me. It, it's so funny, too, because it's like, though David Cronenberg's films would always deviate... You know, he would. The further he went on in his career, the further he got away from like straight horror. Yeah, he never got away from body horror. No, like all of his movies have some kind of element of like body horror in it. Yeah, like like I said, this one with like the the ideal Siamese twins and like you know the physical and mental deterioration of somebody, as well as like and the fact that they are twins. So it's like the one is watching, basically watching himself. Yeah, fall apart. (laughs) Yeah, and also on top of that, like. They are gynecologists too, and there is definitely some scenes where that comes into play, for sure. And it's also not even bringing up the fact that Claire has a um, medical deformity. Yeah, exactly. And it, it all it all ties back together to Cronenberg completely. You know, and of course, Videodrome. You know, that is body horror one on one tumors yeah. growing within yourself. Oh my god! Yeah, because of this program that you watch, it sends radio waves into your brain. Yeah, and then like you know, crash. Oh god! Yeah, crash. Like the man always reveled in like the human body. Yes, very much so. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it is. I uh, yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, me too. I think it's a, uh, I think it's an excellent fucking movie. Yeah, I think it's if not perfect, but damn near perfect. Yeah, I agree. So last but certainly not least is one of the weirdest fucking movies you'll ever watch. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to have a uh, this is your palate cleanser in yeah. a way. I don't even know how to describe this movie, but we're we're gonna try. Okay. What year did this come out? 1991. 
starring the boy, the homie. <laughs> he's not really a homie, but he's, like he's not. He's not our personal homie, but he's the big homie. He's the big homie. Yeah, Peter Weller, Robocop Peter Weller, himself. Yes. I love Peter Weller. Some people would say he's one dimensional. I would probably agree, but I still love him. Dude, I don't give a fuck. Robocop is my shit. I just love that Peter Weller is constantly talking in the most monotone sense that you could ever hear. <laughs> However, he's dealing with some of the most fucked up shit <laughs> humanly possible. <laughs> Exterminate all rational thought. Yeah, so this is based on a book by William Burrow. Yeah. Who is a mad lad. Who boy. Man um, had a crazy life. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, this this man could have constant videos made about his fucking life. <laughs> but no one I've at least I've seen because I haven't looked it up myself to be honest. But it seems like no one has done it. Yeah. That's by what I've seen. My God. The interesting thing about Naked Lunch is like it is to an extent an adaptation of the book Naked Lunch, but it's also a biographical film about William Burrow. While also being a fucking nutty I say to at least to an extent art house dramedy. Dramedy, yeah. <laughs> And playing in the science fiction realm, too. Yeah. So, Peter Weller plays Bill Lee. Yes. Not our shitty governor, Bill Lee. But yeah, fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> Hope but he chokes on a sandwich. Essentially, the writing pseudonym that William Burrow took. Yes. Bill Lee. <laughs> yeah. Who is an exterminator. Yeah. Who, in this world, they use this weird dust to kill bugs. Yeah, which I know, like... There's definitely forms of like bug killer back in the day before we had like raid and shit like that. Yeah, I think but, that's important to say too. This place take, this takes place in 1950s. Yeah, which is is this his uh, not only but this is like the only period piece he's done. I don't think so. Like at least it, definitely in the movies we've covered today, it's definitely the only period yeah. piece. I don't think so because I, th- I think there's a movie he did with Viggo Mortensen that's a period piece. Okay, I can't think of what it is off the top of my head, but um. I could be wrong with that too. Yeah, like, I've not kept up with Cronenberg's like more modern stuff as much yeah. as I should have. But uh, yeah, so Peter Weller's an exterminator who yeah. uh, is getting in trouble at work because his his little can keeps coming up a little short. Yeah, and they're like, "What the hell's wrong? Why are you what are you doing with this stuff?" Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> turns out his wife is using it to get high. Yeah, she's getting high off a of fucking bug killer. Yeah, she's injecting bug killer. To which Peter Weller says. Hmm, I'll try some of that. Which is like, why? Yeah, so he, he too becomes addicted to the bug dust. Yes. Which, one of the side effects is insane hallucinations. Yes, for which he has many. Yes. The first of which is, uh, he, he they the cops bring him in yeah. for uh, interrogation because, again, he's... <laughs> shooting up bug dust. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's doing drugs. Yeah. So they pour out the, they're like, all right... If this is actually bug killer, like you claim it is, then it'll kill a bug. Yeah. So we're going to try that, and we're going to go, and we come back, if that bug's dead, then you're free. If not, then, well, you're under arrest. Yeah, which up, in, up until this point, mm-hmm. it's like the movie is odd. Odd. Definitely already. But we're about to fucking step into bizarre land. Yeah, it has a noir feel about it. Yeah. The movie does. So we're kind of, you kind of feel like you're dealing with like a neo-noir in a way. Yeah, what's just like people getting high off bug killer. I've heard about people get high off of weirder things. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but so the cops say, "All right, we're going to kill this bug." So they go to pull the bug out of it. They pull out this box. They pull out a, <laughs> like a, probably like a shoe box. Shoe say? box. Yeah. They pull the lid off of it, John. Yeah. 
What the biggest goddamn bug you'll ever see. <laughs> this bug is the size of a, like, I don't know what, that, like an encyclopedia. It's, it's huge. It's, it's not, it's, it's a fucking gigantic bug. Like, it's, it's the size of a book. It's not, it's not a realistically big bug. Yeah. Like, this is, this is unreal. This is fucking mutated shit. Yeah. And they put it in the dust. Yeah, and they leave. And then the bug starts to talk to him. Which, from this point forward, you don't know what's real, what's not. <laughs> Because it's about to get fucking wild. Yeah, so basically, he's like, you know, I know that you're an agent for us. Yeah. And you've, you've got you've to gotta infiltrate the inner zone and, and find this doctor yeah. and figure out where this shit's coming from. Oh, yeah, and kill your wife. She's a... She's a uh, yeah, she's not a human. you got to kill your wife. Which Peter Weller's like, yeah, I got you. Justifiably is like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Well, at first, he seems kind of calm about it. He's like, huh. He's calm through the whole movie. Well, well, it, like in this scene, like he, he he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Then he jumps up, grabs a fucking book, and smashes the fucker to it's death. It's a shoe. He kills it with his shoe. A shoe. Yeah, that was yeah. a book. Yeah, he kills it with his shoe, and he takes off. So he goes home, and he continues to do... Well, he comes home, and his wife is scrogging another guy. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, we were bored. <laughs> we're bored. We're just fucking. So they're like, oh, let's play a game of William Tell. Yeah. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's put, basically putting something on your head and shooting it off. Yeah. So he put the, his wife puts a cup on her head. Billy pulls the gun out, shoots, yeah. but bam, shoots her right in the head. Yep. And decides that, like, oh, fuck, well, I guess I'm on the run now. Yep. And he just leaves. So he goes to this diner. Yeah. To which he meets this guy who's like, hey, you need to talk to my friend. <laughs> yeah. He, he steps out of the way, and his friend is this alien-looking thing. Dude. Called Mugwomps. Yeah. Again, I knew nothing about this movie going into it. So when I was doing, like, the like posters for it, mm-hmm. I saw this this image. The Mugwomp? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I was like, that's got to be what I use. Yeah. I've got to use Mugwomp. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I was gonna look for other images, but then I saw that one. I was like, "Nope, that's it. <laughs> that's it right that's there. That's the one. <laughs> it's Peter Weller and a mugwump." Which I don't know if we know when we're speaking about this. You guys have seen that one? Maybe I don't know. You will. That's yeah. The you're going to poster s- for yeah. the week. Yeah, yeah. And see that one or the video drum one. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I do two of them. Yeah, the <laughs> teaser was the mugwump. It's the mugwump. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you guys have seen that one? They've seen that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Basically, he's like, all right, you got to go. You're an agent for us. Again, this yeah. whole thing that he's an agent. He, you're an agent. He's got to go to the inner zone. Also, the bug talks like this. The bug's like, you're you're an agent for us now. Everything, every creature in this movie has the exact same voice. Yep. It's the exact same actor that plays all the creatures. <laughs> yeah. This is so bizarre. It's such a fucking weird movie. So he goes to the inner zone, which is this, like, it looks like someplace in the Middle East. Yeah, I don't know where it's supposed to actually be. I don't know. And uh, his his mission is to write a report about how he killed his wife. Yep. Uh, and everything that takes place in the inner zone. So he begins to do that, and as he does that, he also begins to interact and meet and uh, just go on misadventures with fer- various strange individuals who are also and things just, and things that are equally as weird and fucked up as he is yeah it's like typewriters become bug typewriter things yeah. he gets addicted to this powder yeah that's made out of these like centipedes that are like as big as freaking like i don't know how to explain it like your arm like as yeah. big as your fucking arm 
<laughs> and uh, at one point he's like, I'm in trouble. I'm, uh, I'm addicted to a drug that doesn't actually exist. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which this guy, like the guy behind, you know, the, the movie. William Burrow. Yeah. Seems like fucking, um, fucking, oh, God damn it. Fear and Loathing. Oh, Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson. He seems like fucking Hunter S. Thompson. He is kind of Hunter S. Thompson-esque for sure. Yeah. I will say Hunter S. Thompson also had just like all kinds of fucked up problems, but <laughs> that is true. That man was a psychopath. But like, it, it's just, it's, the movie is like, the best way to describe it is bizarre. Bizarre. With like, in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> It's immensely entertaining. Yes. And and fucked up at times, but also really funny at times. Yeah. But like it's a movie that though I've seen a couple times now, I still don't know if I completely grasp everything about it or yeah. really understand what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I fully understand the movie either. I think it's mostly just this movie feels like a big drug either PSA mm. or the opposite of that you know part of me thinks that like maybe you're not supposed to get it i don't think you are maybe it's just merely to be experienced yeah you know what i mean like you go on the ride with peter willow's character yeah and, and experience everything that he does because like it, it's pretty obvious that he realizes that most of the shit isn't real yeah but he just can't get away from it yeah he like there's times where he's just like i was like i know i'm hallucinating like, he talks about it he's yeah like, it causes crazy hallucinations yet when the typewriter starts talking he's like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah i got, yeah, gotcha, I gotcha. got that i got that um <laughs> you know <laughs> what i would describe this is is uh <laughs> this is David Cronenberg's Holy Mountain. Yeah, it is in a way, for sure. Where Holy Mountain is fucking insane. I do think it makes a little more sense than Holy Mountain. Probably. I mean, there's not many movies I think make less sense than Holy Mountain, but Holy I love Mount- Holy Mountain. Holy Mountain's wild. I love Holy Mountain. I think yeah. it's a great fucking movie, but... It's fucking great. I don't know is. how you describe that movie Yeah, either, exactly. But. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. It's such a bizarre, like... It's such a unique world, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that, I would. I honestly like if like it had to be David Cronenberg, excuse me, and Peter Weller would have to revise the character. But I'd love to see a TV series that takes place in this yeah. world, just to see like the misadventures every week, almost something like Twin Peaks in a way. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'd be down for that. I um, think this movie is more of a departure for David Cronenberg than like Dead Ringers is. Yeah, where Dead Dead Ringers still plays with reality and whatnot. Uh, this one. Oh boy, Dead Ringers uh, tonally is very David Cronenberg. Yeah, where Naked Lunch is definitely Cronenberg trying something completely different. Yeah, which there's different comedic elements in this. Yes, one thousand percent, which is unusual for David Cronenberg. Though yeah. David Cronenberg does do comedy in his movies. Yeah, this movie is overtly comedic at times. Yes, you know to the point where I think you can say it's a dramedy. Yeah, it's. Very fucking funny at times. Yes. Too. Yeah. Especially like when he when that bug first fucking talks to him, he's yeah. just like, "Oh fuck." A lot of that comes down to like the absurdity of what's going on to how dry Peter Weller plays. It. Yeah. You know, like he's the straight man to like everything else is like the wacky dude. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, and uh, again, the line in particular, he was like, "I've become addicted to a drug that doesn't exist." Yeah. He's like it's going like, through withdrawals because this drug that he's like ruthless addicted to it doesn't exist doesn't actually exist yeah there's no such thing as these centipedes yeah <laughs> they're not real 
and then like the <laughs> the mugwumps that like fucking ooze shit out of their stems. Yeah, fucking disgusting, weird shit. Yeah, it's very disgusting. It was like here you can have this. Was it, you can have this top rider. It it spurts out a mysterious weird liquid. <laughs> hallucinogenic. Who's who's hallucinogenic liquid when it when it likes what you rock? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the movie has a dry sense of humor at times too mm-hmm. while also being fucking just weird Peter I'll, the thing is I love Peter Weller yeah like I said like I know a lot of people would say like, oh he's dry or that he's very one dimensional and I could I can get that and I can understand where they're coming from but yeah like if you see him in a movie like this like yeah he's still kind of doing the Peter Weller yeah but he's really fucking funny yes and very charismatic in like a unique way yeah you know, I don't know. I think he does fucking fantastic in this movie. I think everybody does a great job in this movie. Oh, yeah. Everyone does a great job in this movie. It just happens to be... Including, was it Roy Scheider from uh, Jaws? Yeah. Is the doctor that, like, first gets him addicted to the fucking centipede shit? Yeah, and then... <sighs> There's a reveal there that, like, I don't want to spoil, but it's one of the... It, it, it's up there with, like, the fucking uh, Shinya Tuskimoto reveal from Ichi the Killer. Yeah. Not as weird as that, but pretty close. Yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> Man, the only problem with this movie, it does go a little long. It gets a little dry at points. Yeah. Um, there's a fucking insane scene where someone is being sucked to death by a human centipede thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how to describe. It just comes out of nowhere, and you're just like, oh, what in the possession is this? Yeah, what, if, <laughs> what in the possession is this? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? What is happening? Yeah. That's a good way of describing this movie is what is happening. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess the, the moral of the movie is uh, don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> okay. Especially uh, bug powder. Yeah, don't do not do bug killer. Yeah. It's not good. No, it's bad for you. It's real bad for you. <laughs> yeah. You'll have some crazy hallucinations. Yeah. Which, I mean, <laughs> some people might be into that. But, <laughs> hey, you know. You'll end up in a place called the inner zone. You don't even know what it is. Yeah, and bugs are telling you what to do. Really a- interesting aspect of the film too, which I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. So possible minor spoiler. Yeah, is the idea that like these crazy hallucina- hallucinations he's having and like his writings that are supposed to be like these like documents for mugwumps. Yeah, is actually the book Naked Lunch. Yeah, and like his friends are reading it like this is fucking great. Yeah, like you gotta keep writing this. You know, yeah. like you've got to finish this. And also the scenes that are so good when he's with, he's around people. He's like, yeah, here's my here, here's my equipment, and then it's just a bag full of fucking just like used needles. Yeah, and, and shit. Yeah, just drugs. And that's really fun too because it's like you know his friends from the real world. Yeah, come into the Indra Zone, and it's clear that like they see through the hallucinogens because they're yeah. not on the shit currently. Yes. So everything that he's hallucinating against, like, they don't see it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really fun. It is really fun. And it leaves the question that, like, are any of these people that he's interacting with real at all? Real. Like, is it, it not yeah. just the mugwumps and the bugs and all the craziness? Yeah. But are the humans he's interacting with yeah. real? You know, like... And also, like, I've you've read a little bit of the actual book. Yeah. And... You said it was very weird and hard to... It's strange. Yeah. Uh, and probably more gnarly and nasty than the yeah. the movie. Well, the movie's about him writing it, so it's not yeah. as much playing with the yeah. actual events. It does do things from the book. Yeah. But the movie's more biographical than, than, than the book is. Yeah, the book is... Biographical, par- I guess, would be the better word term. The movie... The movie... The book is apparently so out there and hard to understand... 
because it is from the mind of someone addicted to heroin, mm-hmm. which I guess that might be a little bit of a spoiler for the movie. I don't know. No, I mean, oh, fair enough. Because um, the movie's based on the dude. Yeah, dude was a drug addict. <laughs> yeah, uh, he had wrote like when he finally, I guess, maybe sobered up. He wrote his essays on his own fucking book. Yeah, trying he, to explain it. Yeah, like here's what this was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. This is uh, yeah. This is some Hunter S. Thompson type bullshit. And, I've and the interesting thing so too is reading. like you know the whole like oh he shot his wife playing William Tell. Yeah, that's real. That actually happened. That happened. He really yeah. did shoot his wife in the head trying to play a game of William Tell with her. Yep. They're all <laughs> they're all fucked up. Yeah, and it just happened. Uh, you know, won't spoil the ending, but I think the ending is really interesting too. It's almost yeah. like a full circle kind of thing. Yeah, almost like uh, what's the, what's it called when the snake is eating itself? Ouroboros. Yeah, it's almost like that kind of thing. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. I, like I said, it's a movie I definitely got to watch again. Oh yeah, maybe watch with a commentary with somebody who's a little more educated in the, than me. Yeah. Just so I can like get a better grasp of what some things mean. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> and like I said, maybe they don't mean nothing. It's very possible it means nothing, and then it's. I mean, the whole quote of the movie, and like it isn't. It only says it once, but it's on all the marketing is exterminate all rational thought. Yeah. So it's very possible that's just the idea of the movie. Yep. Is for that sure. it's just like it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. Yeah. But yeah, like I said earlier, like revisiting these films definitely shows that like, you know, if I was to make a top 10 favorite directors of all time, David Cronenberg is 1000% in the top five, if not the top three. Oh God, yeah. The dude is fucking incredible. I mean, Dead Ringers is a movie I'm probably not going to rewatch a ton, <laughs> but I will eventually, you know, revisit it. And uh, again, I loved it the first time and Videodrome, I'm going to watch probably again, yeah. probably soon, to be honest, because I love it. And, you know, I don't think this will be the last time we delve into the world of David Cronenberg. Fuck, no. You know, because he's fucking incredible. He's got so many fucking movies out there that are, you know, just as weird and just as, you know, you know, depressing probably and disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. We chose chose a killer's row here this week. (laughs) Death of Videodrome. Long live the new flesh. Uh, Speaking of killer's row, though. Hell Yeah. Speaking of a killing spree. Oh, baby. Should we go ahead and let them know what the next episode yes. is? Yes. In two weeks. Two weeks' time. We're going to be delving into the world of another filmmaker. What the fuck did just, like, angels start? Like, they I, know. They know. They know who we were talking about. Tim motherfucking Ritter. The king of Floridian horror. Yeah, Floridian horror. We're going from the great north to the fucked up south. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're heading to the peninsula. <laughs> if you will. We're going to be talking about Truth or Dare, A Critical Madness, mm-hmm. Killing Spree, and the Joldy Wine Coop Masterpiece, yes. Dirty Cop No Donut. Again, I've I've seen one of these, and I'll be honest with everybody here, I do not remember a fucking thing from it, to That's be funny. honest. Yeah. But I did what I was, again, doing shit for design stuff that you'll see. You'll see it. Um, it, it did bring back some memories of, of a movie I watched. Yeah. So I'm and, excited because I'm a big Tim Ritter guy. And also, I, I'm going to bring this up too real fast. Uh, probably around the holidays. Probably around the holidays. Uh, we're doing something real fucked up. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, it, we're doing something fucked up. One of them's kind of funny okay cool but i don't know what we're talking about i'll have to you'll have to tell me off air. yeah i'll tell you off air but cool (laughs) 
probably gonna be hard to talk about, but uh, yeah, John just deep throat the microphone. Right Holtz. Um, yeah, uh, stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited get, about it's that. It's gonna get depressing in a couple of weeks. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for Tim Ritter. This is gonna yes, be fun. Yes, that's gonna be that's gonna be your fun. Yeah. Until uh, we get to that point. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, do a couple shout outs before we go. Yes. Uh, Spooky Celluloid, our boy. Yeah, of course. You know, check him out on YouTube. Shock and Schlock. Check him out on YouTube. Mr. Parker. Check him out on YouTube. Chris Sever. SeveredCinema.com. Check yes. it out. Severed-Cinema.com, I think. I think, so. I think both of them will get you there. I feel like if you just have in Severed Cinema, you'll get there. Yeah, for sure. But, um... Morbid Horror Podcast. Morbid Horror Podcast. Brandon yes. Terry. He's getting ready to drop a new movie. Yes. Go check that out when it's out. And, um, uh, not to say anything, just, you know, not, not, not to give anything away, but just keep, keep your eyes open. For sure. We're excited yeah. about that. Yeah. Excited about that. Uh, of course, Jonathan Doe's work. Oh, yeah. EGN3 is a, is a, is amongst, is upon us. Yes. Uh, some people were getting screeners, but we're waiting for the disc. Yes, yes, yes. Because, well, we are, uh, hoarders of physical media. For sure, for sure. But of course, Cinema's Underbelly, mm-hmm. Murderbilia Show and Tell, Uneasy Train Explorers Club. Yep. You know, Cult Collectibles, go check them out. Yes. Uh, Quality uh, Violent Cinema, go check them out. Yes. If you, uh, going back to Cult Collectibles for uh, half a second here, um, if you've got the, if you got the money on you, there's, and you're into true crime shit, go get you some Dahmer shit. Hell yeah. Because, uh, he's got a lot of it. He's got a lot of Dahmer shit. It's wild. It's pretty crazy. And thank you, for having us on, yes, that was it was uh, it was an honor. Yes, we we greatly appreciate it for sure, for sure, for sure. But like I said, quality violent cinema. Yes, uh, graveyard shits. The graveyard shit podcast. Uh, Pure Link Granny Gang Green. Yep, yep, yep. Oh God, who else? Uh, when it comes out, we wanted children. Yes, you're definitely gonna want to check that out when that becomes oh available to watch. It was so good, so fucking good. Um. Grindhouse Video. Grindhouse Video is fucking awesome. They've took it. so much of my money. <laughs> it's, they're having a Black November sale currently. God damn it. Arrow Video UK stuff, Troma mm-hmm. stuff, Cult Epic stuff. Yes. Plus a ton of other shit. Some really cheap unearthed titles yeah, there's that like, you may not have in your collection. There's definitely one that's like a dollar or something. Yeah. You can you, get right for five ninety nine, you can get Flexing with Monty. I recommend that movie. Yes, that movie's weird as shit. Yes, I really liked it though. Uh, we'll have eventually have to do that one day. Yeah, for sure. Anybody else? I mean, there's a ton of people. Oh my god, yeah. Um, but my brain is just fucking racking for names, and I, I hate doing this because it just it makes me feel bad that I can't bring up all the people I want to bring up. Um, <laughs> god damn it! Uh, here's here's what I always say: support the underground. Yes, independent artists who are good. Yeah. Deserve your support. Absolutely. So anybody that we forgot, mm-hmm. you know, spread the word of them. Get it out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all so much yeah. for listening to us ramble about Cronenberg. Yeah. Another episode. Another dawn has come. And uh, we are fastly approaching another year of us, you know, returning. <coughs> Choking on water. Fucking A. I quit. <laughs> God. Uh, I... I will say again, probably off air conversation, but we're gonna have to uh, replan some stuff out for probably December. Hell yeah, okay. Because uh, shit has happened okay. <laughs> that we've got uh, we got we got to reschedule. Okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah, we'll do that. 
Yes. So we thank you all very much for listening to our dumb asses talk about shit we don't know nothing about, really. Yeah. We are we, the worst podcast on the internet. Uh, yeah. But, See, uh, except for maybe Andrew Tate's. Why do you have to bring this guy up? <laughs> I don't even want to know that about this man's existence. You keep bringing him up. Because uh, it's, it's funny. Piss me off. Fuck him. I'm going to kick him in the nuts. Kick him in the nuts, bro. That's fucked up. So anyways, I'm John. I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick Sit on cinema. 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 You know, I had to clean up spoiled milk the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I, came, I just about threw up. Yeah. It was fucking bad, man. Dude. At work. Again, probably definitely not on the same level as spoiled milk, but <laughs> every time I accidentally vacuum up a goddamn stink bug, <laughs> it makes me want to fucking kill myself. <laughs> it stinks so fucking bad. <laughs> Fuck. That's awesome.